The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. How good do you want to be? From play one to the last play, we fight. Today's about opportunity and character. We got a chance to come out here and play football. It's a blessing. Hey, every season is full of defining moments. Let's make this day a defining moment for us in our quest. Let's go, baby. This is the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. With Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now, here are the guys. Huddle up. It is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed your holiday Monday. My name is R.J. Ochoa. Rob Thompson not here today in his stead. The one and only, the debonair, the dashing Jason Minix. Pulling a double. So so, so this is what 6 a.m. looks like, huh? Yeah. Um, did you uh, stub your toe coming in? Were you not used to the dark? No, I turn on lights. I, I, you know, I have, I have no That's problem inconsiderate. with that. Uh, well, I mean, I closed the bedroom door. My wife is, I think, probably still asleep. Although, you see, this is kind of cool doing a, a morning shift because I am working from home today. A lot of times people will say, well, what time does your wife leave? I have no idea. See, this will give me an idea of actually what time she gets up and what her morning routine might be like because I never see it. I know that we have a, a shake that we drink every morning. To me, it just magically appears in the refrigerator when I get to it around 8, 830. I don't know when it's made. I'll find that out today. Well, who is asking you and what are the circumstances that they're asking you? What time your wife leaves the house? Like, who, well, How does that I, just I, come I, up naturally in conversation? Um, well, I, uh, Joe Ryan Eagle will, will bring it up every now okay, and then because that's Joe gets up with his wife. Now he's still a newlywed, but Maggie goes to work kind of early, but Joe will get up and they sit and they have coffee and I don't know, read the paper or do whatever, but he gets wow. up and then he goes off to the gym. I, I don't do that. I, I roll out of bed and I go, uh, Rob Thompson, you know, I've been at events like at our golf tournament. And my 8.30 alarm will go off, and Rob will just glare at me because my alarm is going off at 8.30. Like, I need an alarm for 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, well, screw you uh, for the 8.30 yeah. alarm. Love um, you, too. That, yeah. And, uh, but glad that you were able to set it and adjust it appropriately for today. Um, Edwin also uh, absent today. So the dashing debonair James Pledger on the ones and twos keeping us alive around here. Um, we were off yesterday, so at least you didn't have to do it on a Monday. It was the uh, a President's Day holiday weekend. Uh, we actually talked about that in the final moments of the show on Friday and didn't even realize that we were off on Monday. So uh, that was the all nice one, too. Um, it's set up for um, a good weekend, I would say, what with All-Star Weekend happening and some great you know, college basketball. Uh, we have a lot to get into. Uh, I guess very recent news. This happened like five minutes ago, especially for someone like you who's not used to waking up this early. There was a brawl, a college basketball brawl on Monday night. It it was um, incredible. I'm, I'm I'm last night watching whatever it is we were watching, and I see on my Twitter feed a legit brawl involving UIW, the the Cardinals and A and M Commerce, their handshake line. And and if you haven't seen the video yet, 
because if you're up this early, maybe you go to bed early and you're responsible. I don't know. But this was a an all-out legit brawl. This was like the malice in the palace. This was holy. This Dude, is no, really it happening. It wasn't quite that. I mean, but it was close. I mean, if that's a, a 10, this was like a good seven at least. Uh, maybe more. I mean, did you go down and like – really study the film, the number of punches that were thrown. Yeah, but and it wasn't – nothing is – because it didn't involve the crowd the same way. That's all I'm saying. I, I, well, I, the one uh, announcer said that somebody in the crowd was hurt, but hard to involve the crowd when there isn't one. And I wow. think that's one of the With things that. that we haven't really seen yet because you get a, a couple of angles from what what's called the high camera, center court camera from their – uh, television streaming broadcast partner, but I haven't seen any fan footage yet, partly because, you know, there were 12 people at that game last night, it looked like, as the crowd shot went uh, wide. But the announcer did say on one of the things that somebody in the crowd was hit. So, and you had legit punches that were thrown. The the uh, interesting thing, and, and I say it interesting, I saw Chuck McAtenick from KBB's Maximum Sports tweet out something last night before his sportscast that UIW is preparing a statement. Like, how do you need to prepare for a statement? You know it's going to say we don't condone this kind of behavior, but it actually was a joint statement from both UIW and A&M Commerce, and yeah, they don't condone said behavior. Yeah, I wonder if the statement is simply like on reserve and you just change the dates type thing. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, on uh, Monday, February 19th, 2024, and you go and you just kind of dust it off and you update that file on the old G drive. Um, it was it was wild, to say the least. I, I mean, I saw the tweets like kind of floating around. I was like, there's no way. that like <laughs> It just felt so random um, that A&M Commerce and, and UIW would be the two teams scrapping. You know what I mean? And like fighting down to the bone. Well, I, I mean – yeah, I, I mean, you got Lions and you've got Cardinals, right? And and it was after the game was over. A and M Commerce won. It looked like a a close basketball game. Clearly, there was um, some fight in during that game that just carried over into the handshake line, which and then, um, then, it, then it was ugly. That was it was not a good look for either program, but you know, especially. UIW, I would imagine for their athletic director, Richard Duran, a long night. And now you've got to see, because so many people were involved, how does the Southland Conference handle this when it comes to uh, suspensions and doling out any kind of punishment? Um, We have named, I don't know if you know this, Jason, our chat here, our YouTube chat, uh, the Brigade Bar. So anyone who chimes in does so on the Brigade Bar. Rudy Gonzalez says, um, take note, folks. This is the only time they'll talk about UIW all year long. Vince, we see you. Good morning. Um, Rudy says, what's random is that it went viral and ESPN picked it up. Jason, that was not the only time that ESPN shedded some light on the San Antonio area over the weekend. UTSA baseball <clears throat> over the weekend with a uh, defensive play makes the Sports Center top 10. So UTSA, UIW both making. The uh, the network. St. Mary's next. It, well, I, I mean, St. Mary's, uh, Trinity, you're 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 on deck. <laughs> yeah. Our Lady of the Lake, uh, you're up. Let let's go. Um, but yeah, I was excited to see UTSA baseball or UTSA for UIW. It's just such a bad look, and uh, you know, whoever said that's the only time I'm talking about them. <sighs> yeah, sometimes you do stupid stuff and you get talked about. Um, and, and again. 
there was nobody at that game last night. You know, now it will be interesting to see because thousands will say they were there by the end of the day. But <laughs> oh but, but right now, you, you look at that and you can count them all on one hand. Well, this morning, <clears throat> Monday morning, not a real thing because it's Tuesday morning. Um, lots of people at the proverbial water cooler. I saw the UIW uh, brawl. I saw the A&M Commerce brawl. You know, it's whoever you're a fan of, that's the brawl it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't call it the A&M Commerce brawl if you're a UIW fan. You know what I'm saying? Um, but a lot of people also chatting All-Star Weekend, chatting Micah Parsons. We're going to get into those things. Uh, there was a lot of chatting from Micah Parsons over the weekend at All-Star. Too much. It's funny. You know, I, I've never gotten this much Dallas Cowboys news as a result of NBA All-Star Weekend before. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Micah Parsons and what he um, what he has to say and what he did have to say. We'll get into that. But, of course, we start with All-Star Weekend. Wemby's teammates let him down. It felt just like a San Antonio Spurs game this time with the best players in the NBA. We'll get into more of that next here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Buenos dias. I'm RJ Ochoa. He's Jason Minix. This is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio's Sports Star, Jason, just blink, blink through it, man. You got to blink through these early mornings. You'll get there. About about seven oh seven, you kind of start to feel like this is just my life now. You know what I mean? I'm used to it. By seven oh seven, it takes a little bit. You got to rev the engine up, especially if it's your first time. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, is the case for you, right? Not your first you know, time in general, I, but you get what I'm saying. It is my first time on the morning huddle. That's true. Wow. Yes. Yes. See. The, what you know, the morning huddle, new name, rebrand. Sometimes people believe that a refresh, you know, revitalizes things. Whatever the case may be, that is not the case when it comes to the NBA All Star Game. Um, <sighs> nothing you do to this thing can save it. I mean, this thing stinks out loud. It, did you watch? Of course, I watched. But it was. I mean, what, what was there to watch? Cor- I mean, of, of course, you watched. I did not. Um, wow. Well, you're, to you're me, who Adam Silver's mad about. Well, and, and look, put a product on the floor that says, you know what, instead of going to the movie theater and watching One Love, the Bob Marley movie, uh, stay home. Okay. Uh, it's, that's what I did. I, I mean, because I had I, – I watched some of the uh, rising stars in a little bit of the, the skills oh, competition dude. deal. All, all of it. I, I thought this entire All-Star weekend sucked. Um, oh, yeah. The, Did you watch the dunk contest? No. I mean, Mac was cool, but the whole thing. I mean, the Steph Sabrina thing was really cool, but that was that was the only thing that was really cool. Everything else, I mean, the three point contest is maybe the least, you know, um, like everything else has been dragged through like this avenue of sludge and gross and grime to where it sucks. Except for that, like the three point contest remains the same. And and how bad is that that the three point contest has become the marquee event and not the slam cool dunk that. contest? And I, I, I mean, there's not. But if that's that's not the draw, right? When you look at the dunk contest, used to be the thing, and I realize we've all seen all the dunks. But when you've got a bunch of Cowboys players that play the here. average fan uh, can't name and you don't have cowboys in the dunk contest because if you had cowboys in the dunk contest i think people would watch but in in all seriousness it's just so bad all all of it was was so it's gotten to that point like the nfl has changed their pro bowl to something else i don't know it's not good but 
That's it, fair. It's they not good, tried. but it's but it's not a game. And the All Star game is, is just awful. When I saw the final score, I knew I didn't miss much. When I see Scott Van Pelt tweeting, "If you don't give a damn, we're not going to give a damn." I don't know what the NBA can do. Leading into it, RJ, I saw Adam Silver on Pat McAfee uh, last Wednesday, I think. Yeah. And, I, and, and he has said this multiple times, and even you go back to David Stern. Yeah, this one's going to be different. Well, 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 not that, but the importance of All-Star Weekend is – because they don't have a neutral site finals like the Super Bowl. Right. Everybody involved in the NFL can make their plans for their big event. So for NBA, for NHL, for Major League Baseball, the All-Star game is that that one time a year where everybody can plan, gather around, and do their their thing. But when you're losing interest, when the players don't care, fans don't care, it becomes very difficult, and that can't be the product that they want to deliver. Well, I think you could speak to this more than a lot of other people. A lot of people are really complimentary of the NHL All-Star Weekend or festivities. Um, it, it is the least destroyed relative to you know the top you know professional sports in America. At least Major League Baseball, the game has never been this super competitive thing. Versus like the NBA All-Star Game, we can certainly look back and hearken to times where it was this competitive game, and you can... You can, you know, objectively say, oh, the game today is, is softer compared to that. Um, but at the very, very, very least, baseball still has the home run derby, which is still cool, still awesome. Some of that just lends to the way the sport works. There's nothing. There's nothing about NBA All-Star Weekend that is cool except maybe the three-point contest. So, yeah, to your point, it's, oh, man, I just have to carve out 30 minutes of the whole experience, the entire – the whole three-day weekend – you know, and it's just like, how are you going to get people to watch the practices of, of these things if, they, if you can't even make the actual game uh, an exercise worth paying attention to? You know, it's, it's interesting. I thought the practices were actually more entertaining to watch than but, I the mean, highlights. You get my point. Like, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, all, like, it's all meaningless. It's all stupid all, all, and dumb. All, all of it. And, and I think one of the biggest problems that Adam Silver is facing or that the NBA is facing and the NBA partners is they've tried to incentivize with more money. But there's only so much that they could throw out there in a bonus pool. But when you got guys that are making 25, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year just in salary and not including endorsements, you know, LeBron isn't motivated to get out of bed for an extra 250000 or whatever that right. number might be. There's no incentive for those guys because now they make too much money for that and, and obviously fear of injury, and they don't give a damn. There's no defense. There's no competitive spirit. You get more competition in practice. You get more competition when uh, it, probably when they're playing pickup ball with their, with, their, with their friends than you are in this game. And I don't know how they fix that other than let's do away with it. I, I think no. there's no shame in that, Adam. You know what I mean? There's no shame in saying – Circumstances are different. Context is different. You know what I would appreciate and enjoy more? Not saying that this is, you know, the best idea ever, but because we don't need this, right? Like, we, we don't need the facade and the fake, you know, event that we just saw. No, That benefits. No, imagine paying a ticket for a ticket for that. You know what I mean? Like, that would be that would be so well, silly. Unless you're, you're benefiting from the, like, autographs or you just enjoy the ambiance. But you know what I would enjoy more? 
I think you absolutely have to crown all-stars. It's an achievement. It's a resume thing. It's part of your Hall of Fame candidacy, whatever. But celebrate, you know, tentpole moments in, in NBA history. So you celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the 2014 Spurs. You know what I'm saying? You celebrate the 20-year anniversary of the 2004 Pistons, right? Like, you have, you know, you, you have them, like, watching film, breaking down games. I would enjoy that much more than this at the very least. I, I'm, I'm curious, what do you do – what do you do if you're Adam Silver? One, it's not going away as long as they have everything out there sponsored, and everything out there is sponsored. So there's a lot of revenue that is still generated by whatever that was that, that we saw, the, the event, right? Every, every aspect is sponsored for a lot of money. So I, I look at that and I say, okay, what can you do to draw the players in where you could still have your – annual get-together for your sponsors, fans, and the big stars, because that, that's ultimately what it is. What else could these guys do that they would be engaged in? And I think that becomes one of the, the bigger questions, Is and, and then sell it to the fans. Um, you know, it's it's been a long time since people have said, why doesn't that thing come to San Antonio anymore? And you know what that tells me? People don't give a damn anymore. I don't know what the answer is, but maybe we should ask Micah Parsons because he did speak about things and had answers for a lot of things during All-Star Week, and although they were all about the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to get into those next here on the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is Joe Reinagle. You're listening to the home of the Aggies, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Thanks, Joe. Hope you have a morning cup of that. In the morning huddle, I'm R. Joe Choa. He's Jason Minix. Jason, what did it feel like to hear Joe's voice right there? You know, like a good Blink-182 song. I miss you. You like that right off the bat, huh? I'm kidding. It's fine. Was Joe just on? I wasn't listening. Yeah, he was. He said, home of the Aggies. You know what I mean? I know. I know they play Arkansas today, and I heard on your SportsCenter update, it's an early release date for the Blitz. So, not bad. Congratulations to you and the aforementioned Joe Reinagle. Um, congratulations to all of us, Jason. Do you know why? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell us. You're, you're RJ we, Ochoa, so this could be anything. We have Micah Parsons in our lives, all right, who, as, as somebody who is charged with <clears throat> delivering Dallas Cowboys content in two different places, I am so thankful for Micah Parsons. That being said, as somebody whose job it literally is to create content about this team, while he is a fever dream of a person in that sense, I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I'm Micah Parsons out, and that is because today is Tuesday, February 20th. Now, we're going to get into what he said. Uh, Micah won the MVP of the Celebrity All-Star um, game on Friday night. Did you watch that at all? No. <laughs> nah, uh, uh, there was, uh, it took 37 uh, shots, so I don't know how you missed all any of them. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I saw the highlights. It uh, no, um, I, I I after after no, it was on before Wemby, so I might have caught part of it, right? So when I we got off work Friday at the Roo Pub, and by the time you know you hang out a little bit and then get home, I think I saw a little of it. I knew he won MVP. I wanted to watch Wemby. I did carve that out and then i was on with my weekend well he wanted to win this mvp there was of course Z- micah showed up to win this mvp award but he showed up 
to Indianapolis um, and was apparently heckled uh, by fans seeking autographs in the process to work. Micah worked on the floor, on the court, won MVP, but also off of it, uh, recording with Stephen A. Smith on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Uh, did you see any of the clips floating around yes. on the internet oh, yeah. over the weekend? I, I, okay. I did, and I, and, I, and I will say this about about Micah and the autograph hounds at the airport at his gate. I understand pro athletes that want to avoid the autograph guys that are just looking to get those items immediately to eBay or whatever sure. resale shop that they have because that is a business side of professional athletes that – most don't know, and Micah understands the value of his autograph. Going to social media and tweeting about it, I thought was extremely immature. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think everyone agrees with that. I think everyone agrees it, it, it was over the top, apparently, allegedly, uh, but going to the internet to vocalize that made it infinitely worse. Right? I mean, like, only bad comes from that, from sharing your opinion on that subject. But again, Micah's not somebody who is shy about sharing his opinion in general. Uh, but he actually shared his opinion about sharing his opinion. Uh, he, he told Stephen A. Smith that he is not afraid to let his opinion be known to the most important person associated with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so that's what I liked about Jay. Um, and which I was dope. I Jerry. think Jay's one of the best uh, GM, like owners that I've been around. And not even just I've been around because I've only been on one team, but from what I've heard from other uh, NBA and NFL players, and and it's just like this: the Super Bowl. Jerry sees me walking out the wind. Jerry was at the wind. He says, "Hey, you going to the Super Bowl?" I said, "Yeah, um, I'm going." He said, "Come, come see us." And I was like, "Hey, you got any extra tickets? You know, I got some homeboys that want to come." Jerry sends me four extra tickets to the Super Bowl suite, um, and we just sit and talk from before the game until the whole half about players I want to bring in, players I want to be around, who do I need. Who do I want to be with? Future of our team, um, and that's just dope to have that type of feedback with an owner that you know loves to hear your ideas and what you think and where the team can be. And you know, Jerry's been you know pretty amazing about that with my family and stuff like that. So I've had had them conversations with him, and we spoke for two, three hours just since we were alone. It is cool, objectively, that a GM would hear out the opinions of one of the best players on their team. Uh, but that being said, Jason, as somebody who acknowledged that something Micah literally just did was a bit immature, how comfortable do you feel knowing that he's involved in such apparently important, critical decision-making processes? Jerry, hmm. you know, we're going to get into a little bit later, Dan Quinn, was he too buddy-buddy? And, mm. and Jerry has had an open-door policy uh, for a long time with a lot of his players. He has that kind of relationship. And for Micah to think that he's involved in decisions versus having a conversation with the boss, because I think it's actually a great leadership skill of Jerry Jones Agreed. to, to uh, you know, empower our player. Yeah, you, you know, what do you think? Uh, mm -hmm. where, where did we go wrong? Get an honest opinion, an honest asse assessment, and I have no problem with that for Jerry asking. Um, at the same time, though, if Micah sends out a checklist later and says, Jerry said, because I told him we were going to do this, this, and this, and we didn't do any of that, so now I'm mad, 
that's more on Micah. But for Jerry, especially in a social setting, taking care of a star player who is going to be asking for the moon, does Jerry get a little bit back in negotiations because of that family, that trust, that relationship? If that helps Jerry on the negotiating side, uh, you know, does Micah hold out this year, which is a possibility. I don't think that he will because there's some serious financial ramifications, but he could at least for a while and like Zeke put Jerry over the barrel. So was Jerry being preemptive? Yeah, dude, you, you got four friends that need to come to the suite? Bring them. Um, you're going to be at training camp, right? Yep. All right, cool. Those tickets will be in your email in a minute. I, I also think that it's a slippery slope. I agree with you. It's a. I'm. I'm glad you used that word. That is a leadership quality to empower people like that. Um, at the very least, to have them feel heard. Um, but it is a slippery slope in sports to let a player dictate or you know offer opinions on things like this because they're very often wrong. I mean, like well, LeBron's a horrible GM. KD's a horrible GM. Dak Prescott wanted Jalen Tolbert in the draft, and that hasn't worked out well. I mean, this this could uh, potentially go poorly. Michael Jordan was one of the worst owners in the NBA when he had a team. I, I, I'm i with you, and I think there is a distinct difference that there is one thing to listen. There is another to think that Micah is dictating the way the Cowboys are going to go. I, and well, I think a, a, a big example of that is they go from Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator to Mike Zimmer when you think about – tough, hard-nosed, I'm going to hold coach uh, players accountable. And I know Zimmer will listen to guys, and he'll take their input, and maybe that helps influence a decision. But that player, Micah Parsons, is not making decisions on the future of the Dallas Cowboys, even though Micah Parsons said it as if he was. Yeah, we've talked about this. And I think that goes back to the maturity level of Micah Parsons right now because the other part of that, Micah, is a conversation that you had with the boss that probably shouldn't leave that little area. I, well, I was going to say his office, but if it happened at oh. a suite or it happened at the win, that's something you probably shouldn't be talking about with the media. No, and to say that on – yeah, nothing against Stephen A. But like on the Stephen A. Smith show, like you're walking right into the trap, Micah. I mean, like, and if if Micah's acting this way before getting the big time contract, I mean, he's he's going to feel even more validated and more empowered to kind of you know offer these thoughts and these opinions, obviously, um, as, uh, as as time goes on. Uh, but Micah had a lot to say about a lot of things, including some potentially. Uh, calling out words-ish of one of his teammates. We will tell you who right after this on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. This is Jim Rome. Join me weekdays at noon on my new home, 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, this is this is the morning. Jim just sending us throwing us into the deep end. This is the morning huddle on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. My name, R.J. Ochoa, Rob Thompson, out for the day. Jason Minix admirably filling in. Jason, uh, doing the double today. Does that mean you get two lunches, two dinners? You know, what's what's the what's the individual prize you've given yourself? Uh, maybe breakfast because – and I know nobody gives a damn about this, but one of the things that has been interesting since the Blitz moved to 2 o'clock versus 3 or even 4 is when do you eat lunch? 
Oh, and and, oh, and yeah. I know no, Joe. Nobody is, cares. You were right. Jo- Joe is str- <laughs> well. No, no, because normally it's breakfast is around. I don't know eight thirty nine o'clock. Well, if you do that, you don't want lunch at at eleven thirty or, or twelve. You see what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're in the middle of the show. So you know, I might actually uh, um, eat breakfast early and then have a well, normal one, lunch. One of the awkward things about you being here is that. I mean, I'm just going to be straight up with you is that I can't talk crap about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I know oh, that you're you not listening. Well, you're not listening at the six o'clock hour on a normal day. I'm not listening you know now. So talk all the crap you want, man. No, it's tough because I normally can get away with saying whatever I want about you or Joe because you got maybe Joe's, you know, up early that specific day. But it's nice to have an avenue, you know, behind a microphone to talk about somebody and, and hope that they won't, you know, find out. I mean, that's, you know, how I like to live my life. You realize over a hundred thousand people, you know, some of them know my phone number, and they they tell me. I'm just saying, look, on, they, on a principle they, they, they level, on a principle level, it's talk, nice talk. to know that I have a chance to make fun of you without you finding out. I call that the Micah Parsons way. All right, okay. we were talking a moment ago about how Micah said a lot of things over the course of NBA All Star Weekend, did a lot of things over the course of NBA All Star Weekend. I mean, think about it. Micah made headlines for his flight to the All-Star Weekend, how he played during the All-Star Weekend, and for things he said around the All-Star Weekend, multiple things that he said. We talked about how he um, he revealed a conversation with Jerry Jones about how he has spoken to him about players he wants around him. Maybe that list does or does not include DeMarcus Lawrence. Now, some necessary um, pre-context, Jason. When we were still in Las Vegas, uh, as DeMarcus Lawrence was getting to the NFL Honors Ceremony, um, the night I believe you all went to eat at an Italian establishment. Is that correct? That no, no, correct. no. That was no, no, no. That was the night of the Ditka and Jaws cigar party. I was wrong because uh, that okay. was Thursday night. Anyway, Demarcus yeah, yeah. Lawrence said in response to why the Cowboys lost that they were burned out, and this went poorly <laughs> with a lot of people. Um, and you know, Stephon Gilmore was kind of like, what? You know, what? What what are we, what, are, what what were we um, anyway? Uh, Micah, who's a lot younger than Stephon Gilmore, had some opinions as well that he shared with with Stephen A. Smith as to how he felt about comments like that. The Marcus Lawrence came off first take Super Bowl week. They're showing ESPN every week. They won today in the twelve. He comes on the show and he said, "Guys might have been a little tired." He said because so much is expected of us. Every game is like somebody's Super Bowl. So we go through stuff that most teams don't go through, and I think that guys were a little bit fatigued. When you heard he said that, what were your thoughts? Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you said it to someone else, you know what I'm saying, one-on-one, you know what I'm saying, cameras off. Sure, be my guest, but when I feel like once that regular season ends and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it, it it should never – you should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready to, like I'm ready to go home because that's exactly going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like, man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left. Like, that's part of culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like, that I would like. That's just something like I don't agree with at all. Like, regular season, all right, yeah, I'm tired. Like, I'm wore out. 
But showing this playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how hard it is to win in playoff game, I wouldn't I wouldn't I would never say I'm tired or I I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. Jason, I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm surprised at this after the fun I've had with Micah so far this morning. I agree with everything he said. I find that ironic that he's chastising speaking publicly about this, but that's a different subject. He's completely right. I, I agree with him that saying that was kind of a bad look for D-Law. It, it was because it was making an excuse, and I'm, I'm mad and surprised that you dis, that you agree with him there because I don't think he was throwing a teammate under the bus. I think he was calling a teammate out for his BS. Now, there was, another, there, there was another point in that same conversation where he did throw D-Law under the bus. When, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, on that drive, if D-Law doesn't jump off sides, maybe they don't score and it's a whole different game. Now, that said, everything that Micah Parsons has said about that Green Bay game, according to Micah Parsons, he is the only person that had a great <laughs> game and everybody else sucked. And that's part of the problem with Micah Parsons. But that part, for D-Law to actually say that, uh, that, that, was, that was BS. And I do appreciate a team leader, even though he is younger, calling out his his uh, his teammate. You can't say that, and if you're tired, what do we need to do to make sure you're not? That entire team came out flat, everybody, including Micah Parsons. The toothpaste is a little out of the tube for the Cowboys, and it feels like they're trying to put some in. They can't do all of it. Um, it is a long off season, and it is only February 20th, and that's because we're in a leap year, so we have even more to go. But we have even more to go here on the Morning Huddle. Silver and black, we do it every single day. That's coming up next. Wemby, the All-Star Game, all the fun. We're back after this on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. How good do you want to be? From play one to the last play, we fighting. Today's about opportunity and character. We got a chance to come out here and play football. It's a blessing. Hey, every season is full of defining moments. Let's make this day a defining moment for us in our quest. Let's go, baby. This is the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. With Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now. Here are the guys. Huddle up. One and all. It is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Check out the show at sasportstar.com and make sure to watch on our YouTube channel. If you do, you will see my bright, shining, beautiful face. I am RJ Ochoa. He is not Rob Thompson. Sitting in this particular not Monday, Tuesday morning from the Blitz. Jason Minix. Yeah, it's a, a, a Tuesday that feels like a Monday after a holiday weekend and a pros pro extends that long weekend even more. So I, I'm hanging out with you this morning. But my first time on the morning huddle. Some and, people call it the morning cuddle. Do you feel that way? Um, I mean, I, I've called it the cuddle quite quite a bit, actually. You guys right. cuddle up. You guys cuddle up. There is a cuddling nature to it. There's a cuddling sort of kinship and friendship that we all have. Look at, you know, the brigade bar. Miss Becky says, forgot to say, it's a pleasant surprise to see Minix here this morning. Look at that. Uh, pr appreciate that, Miss Becky. Although J4 says Jason has the best radio voice with the worst DAC takes. Ooh, and, and, and that's not really silly. cuddle. Well, but but here, here's the thing. DAC is a great regular season quarterback that can't get it done in the postseason. Look, this, that's an awful take. I get it. I will work on it. This isn't about Dak, all right, because I know you don't know the rules around here. I know you're all used to, like, sleep until 8.30 and whatnot. This is 7 o'clock on the morning huddle, which means we is talk it? 
The San Antonio. It is. Uh, look at the clock. It's, we talk San Antonio Spurs. This is Silver and Black. We podcast it every day. You can access it in the audio vault at SA Sports Star. Dot com. You can also, like I said, rewatch and check out everything on the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. And if we hit our mandated amount of subscribers, Rob and I will do the hot one of the golf tournament later on this, uh, not this month, but about a month from now. And, um, you know, that should be kind of fun. But anyway, Jason, uh, no Spurs games over the weekend, but we did get to see Wemby and Jeremy Sohan in action. Uh, Jeremy walked home with a trophy, actually. Hey, look at that. But i got to be honest with you, kind of a, of a bum, you know, bummer of a weekend for Wemby. Felt like, felt like we barely – felt like we got five minutes into everything for Wemby, and then it was all gone away. I think it had to be a disappointing weekend for Wemby. The fact that he wasn't in the main attraction, yet he was treated like he was the main attraction. I saw Larry Ramirez from KSAT 12 post from the Indianapolis airport a photo down by baggage claim, the escalator going down. It was Wemby that was uh, plastered all over the place. And and not bad mm-hmm. for a guy that wasn't an all-star. And And I think a couple of things. One... What the hell was that uniform they were making him wear? Why was he wearing brown while doing all of that? That does not represent the San Antonio Spurs. In an all-star showcase, represent your team. I should be able to look at that and know exactly what it is. I hate those uniforms to begin with. But in the all-star game, wear the silver and black. Wear a traditional Spurs uniform. That applies to everyone, by the way. Like, we don't need to see yes. your 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 whatever jersey. Like, if you're at the All Star Weekend, wear the jersey that is most commonly affiliated with your team. It is a team level of pride. But you know, obviously, that point applies here. Um, whatever he was wearing, again, it was just it, it felt it, it felt hollow. You know, what I mean? and I don't really blame Wemby for that. But it it felt like man, we barely got to see him. You know what I mean? Well, and that just sucked. I, I, I mean, and, and, and I saw somebody tweet, it might have been, I don't know, RJ Ochoa. Just like the regular season in the All-Star game, <laughs> Wemby's teammates are letting them down again. They did. <laughs> I mean, he, he was ready for, you know, for, for everything seemingly. And just, I mean, I don't know. I also, I miss the skills challenge where it was an individual thing. I like miss me with this like team-wide we, the three of us have to be passing into moving targets simultaneously, team top picks. Like, why? Why can't it just be Wemby? Why, why do we have to, you know, dress it up this way? I, I do feel like he did his part, um, but it was kind of a, of a, a letdown of a weekend as a Wemby fan, at least. With, with what we saw on television. Now, quite honestly, Saturday night, I was going back and forth when and then i had the two tvs going in the living room but the the all-star when wemby was on i flipped over from the stadium series in the nhl the new jersey devils beating the hell out of the philadelphia flyers that was going to the big tv so i wasn't paying a lot of attention to what was going on with all-star weekend except for when wemby was on and wow no love for jeremy None. Um, uh, I mean, to, to be quite honest, no. Um, I, I mean, I watched this part. What do you mean no? Yeah, he won, yeah, he, his team that, won. He yeah, got the good. trophy. Yeah, I, I, I was there for Wemby. And, and, and then, you know, playing wow. the, uh, uh, the drama. Man, he and Trey Young certainly spent a lot of time together. They, they, were, they were spending a lot of time together sitting on the bench. They were laughing, you know, uh, different tweets and obviously the speculation about Trey Young 
coming to San Antonio by way of trade in the offseason. Trey Young was asked about Wemby a couple of different times. He was very careful, obviously, with his answers, but his answers should excite Spurs fans. If you're on the we-want-to-get-Trey-Young kind of train to get here, and, and quite frankly, I think from a Spurs fan perspective, name me a guard that will throw him the ball. Name me a, 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 a big-time guard. Devin Vassell. That I said big-time. That <laughs> I, well, will also throw, him, throw the him the ball. Um, but, but at the same time, I mean, what all-stars are we going to surround Wemby with? And... Trey Young, I don't think anybody is against that idea right now, but it's also the one that seems to have the most legs, and that is worth getting excited about. How many number one picks do you need, Atlanta? Because the Spurs have plenty of them. The Spurs cannot take Wemby and build through the draft. They they just can't. There's not enough time, and the fan base, I don't think, will be patient. Keep in mind, the we haven't made the playoffs in how many years clock did not start over when we drafted Wemby, although some of the comments I've heard from Greg Popovich make it feel that way. And if they feel that way over a, a, at the facility, the Spurs have bigger issues in the front office. So Rudy Gonzalez says in the Brigade Bar, lots of Trey Young rumors this weekend. It feels like the easy dot to connect, obviously, um, in, in terms of, I mean, because I, I think we both agree that there's there's an all-star, whether an active one or former one, that's going to be teammates with Wemby next year, right? I mean, yep. it, that it, ha- it has to be the case. Yeah. Um, did you see – there was no audio of this floating around, but did you see, speaking of all-stars, what Giannis had to say about Wemby over the course of the weekend? Tell me. So, as I'm going to do. This, this is the whole point of the conversation. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you saw this, but LeBron – doesn't like attention. He's always shied away from attention. So, you know, he LeBron has. just, we you all know, know that. The, idea, the idea of a farewell tour is just really inconceivable for LeBron. Um, so he was asked, um, as were a lot of NBA players, about the future face of the NBA, just given that LeBron is obviously close to retiring. And LeBron, again, said, you know, I never asked to be the face, you know. Right. That's, that's true. It's totally true, LeBron. But... Um, Different names were thrown out and suggested by different people, and, and generally most players just said that the game isn't a great place with all the young talent, but Giannis was uh, speaking about Wemby specifically and said, for him, the most important thing I think throughout his career is going to be health, because if he has health, he has everything, you know, he's going to dominate on the court because he's unguardable. This is Giannis speaking. You cannot guard him one-on-one. I don't know if you can guard him two-on-one or three-on-one. We've tried, and we couldn't. A lot of people around the NBA have tried, and they couldn't. As long as Victor's healthy, the league is his LeBron is kind of like that. So, yeah, if you aren't given that, like, forget who the dude is for a second, but just consider the way that this dude was described by Giannis. If you're not doing everything within your power to assess this situation, I mean, because even Giannis, I mean, they gave him Dame. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you can say what you want about we th- love to talk about here, flyover towns and blah blah. Milwaukee was able to give Giannis Dame. Dame wins the three point contest, wins final or not finals, uh, wins All Star MVP. He has help, and it's, again, not putting Wemby on Giannis's level here, but, like, you, you cannot drag your feet anymore on this. You you can't, and, and, and granted, they've also gotten a coach fired, and they're, they're struggling a little bit as they head into the All-Star break, but I do look would at that Milwaukee Would you not trade spots with them, though, in a second? Uh, I would, uh, in a heartbeat. Now, keep in mind, last summer, I wanted Dame Lillard in San Antonio. 
I wanted, knowing that Dame was out, and you could check the audio vault at sasportstar.com and go back a ways. It's powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. And I, and I, and you, you will hear me. When they got the number one pick and we knew Wemby was coming, the Spurs had two options. You're either going to put this rebuild in high gear right now and go get Dame, or you're going to have what we have now, which sucks. Now, granted, we didn't expect it to suck this bad with the Spurs because essentially it's the same team from a year ago with a player like Wemby getting added in. The fact that we're at the All-Star break with 11 wins is a complete failure at this point because we all thought, and me, last year's team was better than the 22 wins because there are a lot of games that, at the end, they didn't try to win. I I think a guy like Devin Vassell has to understand he's not the guy anymore. It is Wemby. And when that light bulb goes off for Devin, I think we'll see a bit of a change. The Jeremy Sohan experiment lasted way too long, although that might have actually made him a better overall basketball player. I think that there's merit to going through a difficult circumstance and coming out on the other end, and I think that that's definitely the case for Jeremy, kind of a metamorphosis sort of project. Um, he cocooned up as a caterpillar. Now he's a beautiful butterfly. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's value in that. I mean, think about it. He's the only Spur who has a trophy so far this season as, as the winner on Friday night, even though you poo-pooed it. Uh, Coogs, who does no ball, says in the brigade bar, do we go for a superstar or good dudes who can make open shots? See, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of – this isn't a point against Coogs, but I'm kind of tired of just, like, being being happy with purgatory here. You have to go for a superstar. Like, like you can't be – like, landing Wemby has kind of exposed the – the rebuild. I mean, like, it's not a rebuild. What have they rebuilt? <laughs> like, what what has has been rebuilt except for winning the lottery and landing Wemby? Yeah, you're on your way to going to the lottery again this year, which probably wasn't part of the plan and certainly wasn't part of the expectation set by Greg Popovich in training camp when Pop said at training camp this year was about winning. Obviously, they've reversed course on that, and now they're trying to teach him how to be pros. Well, hell, Keldon is on his second contract. Devin is on his second contract. They might be young, but they should already know how to be pros by now. I look at this basketball team and question the basketball IQ of a lot of the players that are on this basketball team. Wemby is Wemby. Um, you look at, at Trey Jones is probably the second smartest guy on, on this team. And when you think about who should stay and who should go, and I know you know the trade deadline came and went and the Spurs didn't do a damn thing. But I look at, obviously, Wemby is untradeable. Everybody else, I think everybody else can be gone. I, I, I don't mind Trey Jones as a backup point guard, and I think he'd be a great backup point guard on a lot of teams. You know, kind of go way back. You think about Speedy Claxton in the early 2000s that helped the Spurs win a championship. Great backup point guard. Not really a, a starter level. But I like what I see out of out of Trey Jones, and I like what we have seen from this Spurs team since he has taken over as the point guard. The Brigade Bar has a comment from Cougs that says, I think we're just going to be hard-pressed to get someone to join the worst team in the West. The reality I, here... I disagree. Well, I don't. I wouldn't word it that way. But the reality here, and, and Rob and I discussed this a few weeks ago, is we're now so far, and you rightfully pointed out, like the the playoff list streak did not start now, Pop. You know what I mean? Like y'all have kind of been a 
know, there's been some issues here that predate Wemby. You don't get to just, you know, throw your hands up at this point in time. But we're at a place now with youth in the NBA, et cetera, et cetera, where this is kind of all these players know you as, right? Like, all, like these players are coming in and they, like, their formative years when they were in high school or middle school, the Spurs were already bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know them to be – like, yeah, they've heard all the stories and whatever, and they've seen the Blu-rays and whatnot, but, like, they don't know this to be a team that, that is capable of cultivating them in certain ways, and especially with a level of doubt or a level of question, at the very least, over the future of it all, even if Wimby is a part of it. I mean, so to me, it's not necessarily about the worst team in the West as much as it is a state of uncertainty around the whole operation. You know, I, I – I... You're right, and, and that's an interesting perspective. You look at the Spurs' last championship was in 2014. We are in 2024. It is it is 10 years old. And, you know, they went seven years between championships. So you go back right. to 07 and then 05 and, and, and 03, right? And so to a degree, a lot of these players – when they were growing up, when they were teenagers, they weren't watching the Spurs dominate. They weren't seeing the best of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, but they've heard of them and they they understand the basketball. Of course, where I think where I think that you're going to see players wanting to come to San Antonio is because they want to play with a guy like Wemby because they do think, uh, and the the expectation is Wemby is going to bring championships wherever he is. I think last year, and it's funny because I'm wearing a Blink-182 concert T-shirt from July. And it was, and, and I'll remember this because, you know, I'm in Houston getting ready for the concert. And the Spurs put out a press release that Greg Popovich had signed a five-year contract extension. And he's been year-to-year year or whatever for a long time. Interesting that the Spurs would put out a press release like that. And I think one of the reasons they did was to attract free agents so that those free agents that wanted to play for Pop had some sort of assurance that Pop was going to be here longer than a year or two. So I think everything that you said is fair and has merit and is true ultimately, but if I'm the hottest free agent that is within gettable, conceivable range for the Spurs, and my thought process is exactly what you just said and listed out and, and laid out and unfolded, I also tell myself, like, well, they don't even use that dude. You know what I mean? Like, I also tell myself, like, yeah, this guy's supposed to be amazing, but, like, they don't even let everything kind of flow and work through him. I mean, you know, he's amazing, but they only had 11 wins at the All-Star break. It's, I think it's fair to – what what you said is how I think the alien who just landed on Earth would view the situation, but through the context of the first half of the season, it's fair to doubt that, it, it, at least – in the short term, which is where we're at right now, it's fair to doubt that and wonder how they are going to be able to court somebody over the course, at least of the summer, as they try to build for year two under Wemby. Because how can you trust that it's going to work out when they're limiting him right now? Well, I, I think from a basketball conversation standpoint, it, when the Spurs are talking to a big name free agent and that big name free agent's agent and that player's individual team, they will have a plan. I do think that there is some truth to we've got to get Wemby on an NBA court around NBA players and see what he really needs. What is what, because when you know he's coming over from France and the draft, I'm I I don't know enough about the French league, so I don't want to sound like I'm you know disparaging it. 
but I know Kevin Harlan from TNT on the Blitz uh, when we were in Las Vegas said, you know, that little French league that he was in. I, I, I do think there was a, a, an idea, and if this is what they were doing, before we start adding pieces this offseason, let's give him a year, really get to know what his skill set is, and find out what he really needs to be the dominant player. What are the pieces around Wemby that we truly need after they get a season's worth of of intel on that? And, and, and hopefully that's what the Spurs are doing right now. And if you're a free agent looking, that would be a part of the conversation. And we know just how open the Spurs organization is with their fans and with the media to let us know what the plan is. So we're left to speculate, but they do have those private conversations with uh, with those in the basketball community that they're trying to court. No pun intended. I do think, though, that if you had asked me, if you had asked yourself before the season began and you said, okay, what what are the circumstances which I can feel as bad as possible at the All Star break? I think this would have been in the top ten, right? Like the the mo- the the worst feeling, so to speak. Like this is this is among the worst ten, maybe worst five ways that we could have gotten to this point. Is that not fair to say? Uh, I think maybe the worst. But, so I mean, Wemby's look great, and that, that's certainly encouraging and an obvious and in, in a low hanging fruit sort of way. But like that that's the only thing that we like what what have we learned we we've learned really nothing you know what i'm saying like oh the the all-time generational prospect is good whoa great you know, <laughs> we we really needed you know over half of a season to to come to that conclusion and that determination and so that's what i'm saying like whatever call it goodwill call it benefit of the doubt call it even just you know blind optimism that was built up and netted as a result of winning the lottery which is really nothing the spurs accomplished so to speak it does feel like that's dissipated and and like what their stock is now kind of down to a ground zero sort of level and that's why like i kind of feel like they have to earn that back over the rest of this season i mean they're they're not going to be a playoff team this this is all about positioning themselves from a who they are standpoint for year two of the Wemby experience when you look at where the spurs are and what's crazy is Wemby has been great Tom Orsborne in the San Antonio Express News yesterday wrote a great article about some of the French journalists that oh, are covering this team and what they are going through and trying to cover and then explain back to their their uh, audience, their readers in France, that, yes, the uh, Wemby is great, but the Spurs suck. And because even over there, they didn't expect this from Wemby's rookie year. And it really is kind of hard to explain how Wemby can be as great as he's been, yet the team is worse. And it's crazy to think you add, add a player like Wemby, and the team has gotten worse from what it was a year ago. And you could point to coaching for that player development and again we're not dealing with a bunch of rookies except for one really tall one yet pop is constantly saying they've got to learn they've got what have you been doing the last couple of years with Devin and Keldon and 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 some of those guys if that's the case and I do think there is a bit of is it still in pop we trust right and very much like what New England went through with Bill Belichick and the comparisons with Belichick and pop and Duncan and Brady are are legit and fair and comparable, and we know what happened with Bill Belichick. Is Pop still the right guy to to lead this charge? And by all accounts, uh, Peter J. Holt and the ownership group, they understand the plan. They know what they're doing. 
uh, or believe in what that plan is. But it's got to jumpstart next year in a big way because I think more and more people will stop being patient. Pop is Belichick, Duncan is Brady. In Jason Minnick's exact words, Wemby is Mac Jones. He's the Mac Jones of the same That's not at all what I said. Those are literally not, not, what you said. I mean, that, ev- everybody heard you. Yeah. Ev- everybody yeah. heard what you about here Bailey on the morning Zappi? huddle. Can he be Bailey Zappi? <laughs> Uh, everybody heard you on the morning huddle, which is not a common thing, not a recurring thing. Carlos asked in the brigade bar, said, what's going on? Rob's out today. Jason's in. Uh, Carlos asked, I'll let you answer this question. Jason said, will you be doing the blitz as well? Carlos also said, what's up, Pledge? Edwin's out today as well. So um, it's a long day for you and Pledge, Jason. It, it, it really is. Uh, yeah, Rob has the day off. I'm sitting in this morning, um, and I am working this afternoon. And I'm more excited about that because I found out I, I, we get off at 5.30 for Aggie basketball. So kind of an early release day on the Blitz. But, yeah, a little double duty uh, filling in. I mean, you know, it's not like we have a deep bench around the San Antonio Sports Star. So when somebody takes a day off, somebody else has to wake up early. How many times did you double check that your alarm was set for this morning? Or did you only do it once? Are you that confident in yourself that you said it's set? I don't need to doubt myself. I've got to be completely honest, man. I um, set my alarm last night about 10.30 when I was going to bed. I set okay. uh, I set two alarms, uh, did not double-check them, had my ringer uh, volume all the way down, so did not actually hear my alarms <laughs> that were going off today at 4.02 and 4.03, uh, 4.43. Um, but my wife set her alarms, and quite frankly, she wakes me up. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, if we I, inconvenienced I, anybody, it was her. I am wow. confident well, that my wife will make sure I'm out of bed. And she beat the hell out of me this morning to make sure that, that I uh, rolled out of bed and jumped in the shower about 4.15. She is your proper wingman, and we need to find Wemby one. Who was the future teammate of Victor Wembanyama that we saw over the course of Sunday night throughout the NBA All-Star Game. We will discuss that next here on The Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. Morning Huddle, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Make sure to check out uh, San Antonio Sports Star on the internet, sportstar.com, our YouTube channel, Search San Antonio Sports Star, SA Sports Star. You can access everything, our audio vault, all of our interviews, all of our conversations, like the one we just had, Silver and Black. We do every single day at 7 o'clock. My all-star teammate, Rob Thompson, out today. In for us, our sixth man, as it relates to the morning huddle, at least, uh, Jason Minix. How does that feel, Jason, to, to know that you are the sixth man of the morning huddle, even though you're the point guard of the Blitz? You know, it worked for Manu Ginobili. Clay Thompson came off the bench the other day and lit it up. I don't mind waking up every now and then, every now and then, um, to, to do a little Minix in the morning. Uh, gives me more appreciation for working from 2 to 6. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad good with that. We that. Could, you know, I'm glad but, we could but, offer you perspective. One of the, one of the great things, though, and, and, you know, and thankfully the bosses at, at the radio station allow me to do this. Uh, the one good thing that came out of COVID is I can do this from home. And, and so it's a lot easier to do this from home. So I'm in my kitchen right now, although I will go to the studio later today. 
But, you know, as my wife was leaving for work, what are we doing for dinner? I've got to start marinating some pork chops. If I were working from home this afternoon, I could throw those on the grill, at, you know, early in the show, and, and they would be good. It's like yesterday I did some a uh, couple of tri-tips. If you did any grilling over the weekend, make sure you take those photos that you took of that great meat on your grill. Upload them to sasportstar.com, the Grilling with the Blitz page uh, every Thursday. We judge meat and give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. That's a great idea. Um, I won't do it, but people should. Because, I mean, I have an inherent advantage. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to you know, muddy the competition for anybody else. On the subject, though, of competition, Jason, uh, we have a giveaway that we're going to do at the end of this particular conversation. So everybody be at the ready. Uh, we've got tickets uh, for an advanced screening of Shogun. Uh, so we'll tell you more about that in just a bit. Have you, are you a Shogun fan? What is Shogun? I'll I'll just leave it at that. Um, right. I mentioned I mentioned my All Star teammate Rob Thompson out today. Uh, good morning, Devin Murphy. See you in the Brigade Bar uh, once again. If people go to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel, Jason, their comments can be listed on the screen for us to dance around with. And I would like to ask them to comment which All Star that played on Sunday night is a future teammate of Victor Wembanyama. Now I'm asking that question that way. You can you can say I believe that they're his teammate as soon as next year. I believe they're his teammate in 10 years when Wemby has won eight championships in a row and that person is just jumping on for the ride at that point in time. But I want you to name me, Jason, a player who, and I use the word played very loosely, played on Sunday night that you promise will one day suit up alongside Victor at the Icebox. It's almost too easy to go Trey Young. Right. Yeah. Because there's been there's been rumors about Trey Young. They were spending a lot of time together. Right. If if this were a a movie and, you know, one of those uh, rom-com type of things and, you know, two people in the office are flirting together and then you realize they had a fling going on later. I mean, that's what that felt like. Right. You know, it's anyone but you. You, I know you've uh, seen that at the movie theater right now. That's the that's the rom com du jour at the moment. Okay, good. Um, you know, so we, you you look at it, um, is that is that a movie that's really out? No, that real. I mean, um, I haven't seen it, but uh, the chatter about it is it's like the the like best modern. I use the word modern loosely as well. Uh, rom, like we haven't had a, a rom com as good as this in a long time. Anyone? All that, right, good, good. Uh, I know uh, Valentine's well, well, Day was last week, but just just so you're aware. I went and saw One Love over the weekend. I haven't been to movies in a long time. Answer the question. Name a, a, an all-star who will play with Wemby at some point in the future. Uh, uh, so uh, anybody not named Trey Young? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, a non-Trey Young answer, please. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of who's in a situation where I think he could be looking to get out in the very near future because – Man, I, I would I would love for like an SGA to come here. I just don't think that he'll ever leave Oklahoma City. Dame Lillard, I I wanted here. Um, I think a lot of people and Donovan Mitchell for, maybe. Go ahead. Forgive me for doing this, but a lot of people would say now again you could have, you can answer this however you want. You can say five years from now whatever, but a lot of people would say that LeBron. Is a potential, right? You go, Le- you go, Bronny. You go, LeBron. Like that. That could be a, a an ASAP kind of thing. Maybe even sooner than Trey Young, potentially. Maybe even both. But I mean, LeBron is a is is within the neighborhood of conceivability. I think. 
I agree with that. And and we talked about that not long ago. If Now, LeBron apparently did squash the idea at the trade deadline of getting traded to the Golden State Warriors. And he says he loves L.A. He also wants to he he wants to play with his son. So if is is it worth it? I mean, and here's the thing: LeBron is still playing at such a high level, um, and his tour of of jerseys is is almost shack like at the end. <coughs> Chokes up thinking about it. Conceivable <laughs> to think LeBron comes to San Antonio. I, I if the Spurs, I, if the Spurs I, draft Bronny, like, but that, that would that would be a purposeful, you know, like overall design, right? I mean. And I'm sure they'll love him. I'm sure they'll love Bronny in Austin as a second round pick. Although the Spurs have so many picks. I'm sure you'll get a LeBron jersey for yourself. I mean, who wouldn't? I I, I mean, um, me, um, you. Oh, you would. You're so full of it. If LeBron played for the Spurs, I would absolutely get a LeBron jersey. Would would you really? Of course. What Spurs jersey player on the current roster do you currently have? Look, Wimby's the only one. You don't. You, like that, but but, but no, you don't even have it yet. Not yet. But I mean, just it's a matter of timing. I'm going to the Suns game the Sunday before the golf tournament. Saturday before the golf tournament. That's when I plan on getting it. So my point is, if LeBron comes, everyone's getting one. You can say you're not. You're lying through your teeth. If Trey Young comes, I might, you know, have one hanging next to Wimby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but I think on the subject of who is an All Star that played again played. Shout out to Adam Silver on Saturday night that could join Wemby on the Spurs. LeBron is absolutely a vi- there are some names that are just not like you can't be like I think Jason Tatum's gonna do it. no you know what I mean like there's LeBron is on the short list of possible future teammates of his. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, and then any of those guys that played guard, um, you know, uh, see Coogs on uh, YouTube says Halliburton. You know, it's possible. I mean, you, you look at people in their situations. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Giannis? Uh, who was it that was talking about Luke? If Luka gets mad in Dallas, he can come oh, here. Jokic, uh, Jokic. I'm not. I'm never leaving Denver. I don't believe any of these players, right? Ever, because at some point you you never know, and you wonder for Luka or for Jokic or um, you know Kevin Durant's made his tour around the NBA as well. Although I don't think that he would come here. I'm just looking at all those guards that uh, because that's what I desperately want for Wemby and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I do think you you need to find another player as well. We've got to create whatever this version of the new big three is going mm-hmm. to be. But it starts with a legit point guard, an all-star caliber point guard that I think really kickstarts this San Antonio Spurs team. And if we're going with anybody not named Trey Young, because that seems like the easy, low-hanging fruit right now, uh, I would go, let, let's go Halliburton. I think that that's a good answer. And I think it's, for conversation's sake, the, you know, important to contextualize and not. And I think we're all guilty as sports fans. By the way, Cougs also said in the Brigade Bar, you'd be crazy not to get a LeBron jersey if you came here. Even just for posterity, dude. You have to. If LeBron were a spur and you didn't get a jersey, you would regret it for the rest of your life. I I feel very confident in saying that. I have a a rule that I've learned the hard way. Oh, no. I I don't buy current player jerseys. I buy legend jerseys. Okay. I also this is a unique take. 
I also made a rule a long time ago. I don't wear jerseys anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I've got a closet full of jerseys that I haven't worn in a long time. That but, rule is better than the first rule. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 am a, I am a firm believer, as expensive as jerseys are, I do have a Wemby t-shirt, but I don't have a Wemby jersey. I, I'm not going to buy current player jerseys because they will break your heart. There's nothing like going to a, a Cowboy game and you see some guy rolling around in a DeMarco Murray jersey. I, I mean, George. I'm sure he... I, I, I'm sure he loved it uh, when it, when he got it, uh, or a Zeke jersey, right? You just don't know where they're going to end their career. So back to the point, though, even though I disagree with some of this. Um, I think it's important to cast a wide net and not just get eyes for Trey Young, right? because that's when, when you do that, and then it winds up being whoever else, even if it's a non-all-star, then it feels like a failure, right? Because you've just fallen in love with that idea. And and if you're if you're Trey Young, Trey Young, Trey Young, Trey Young, and it winds up being again Dejounte or whatever, I know we had, you know tossed that around for a little while. Sure, that would still that would still be an improvement relative to the situation, but it, it feels like a massive failure. But I will say this, or I will ask this: if there is an All Star who played on Sunday night that is not on the Spurs roster next season, is that a failure? No, I think so. Oh, you're I, wrong. I, I I I I don't. As long as there is some massive overhaul to the current roster, and as we see those names coming in. Now, do I want an all-star? Do I want the big name? Absolutely. But at the same time, as this player is acquired and this player is acquired, and you could see those puzzle pieces fitting together, as long as it's we're not rolling out the same team next year as we are this year, I think that is going to be improvement and would take it out of the failure category. I think that maybe saying somebody who played on Sunday night has to be on the team is a bit too far, but you've got to get somebody who has been an all-star in recent memory on this team ASAP in the immediate future. If I was on some sort of committee or consulting board for the Spurs, that would be my two cents. The Cowboys may have somebody new on theirs, the Dallas Cowboys, that is. Uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. But, Jason, I promised I would give something away. Uh, what caller do you want to go with? Nine. Wait, nine? No, it's not going to do caller number nine. I no, we, we, we do caller nine on the Blitz, or 14. You know, caller three, come on. No, we're not going to uh, do caller, that. So caller we, nine. We, we, no, not caller nine. We have tickets to Shogun and Advanced Screening. You can win a pair of tickets to the Advanced Screening of Shogun February 22nd. It's Antico's Casablanca. Free popcorn and drinks included, Jason. Free popcorn and drinks. What a treat for somebody. That, is a, that is a treat. That That's perfect for caller number nine. Let's compromise and go caller number seven. Fine. Caller number seven, 656-3776, 656-ESPN. Caller number seven, going to get these free tickets, and we are going to get into the newest member, question mark, Question mark, question mark, like four question marks of the Dallas Cowboys advisory board here on the morning huddle on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, it's Jim Rome, and it's great to be back in San Antonio. Join me weekdays at noon on my new home, 941 San Antonio Sports Star. The San Antonio Sports Star Spring Golf Classic at the Golf Club of Texas is happening on Monday, March 25th. 
2024. In case that was not obvious, make sure to check out SASportsStar.com for all the information involved on how to be there, sign up, play, and maybe give Jason Minix a hug face-to-face. Jason, you are not here normally, but you are here today. Rob Thompson's out. Will you hug anybody who signs up for the golf tournament? Uh, yeah, good, good bro hug. I'll do that. I okay, mean, I well, don't know if it, it, it's not going to be like the full embrace like a long-lost friend. Like like yeah. when I see you or see your 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 dad or or something that that that's different. Yeah, when Jason hugs me, there's a deep sigh. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So we'll see. That sounded um, that, that that sounded weird. That, that like I don't smell you. We well, do call hug it the morning you. cuddle. You know what I mean? So uh, hey. well, it is the morning cuddle, and it's my my first time filling in for Rob, who took the day off to to come in and hang out with you. And we'll that's right cuddle because um, that's one of my favorite things to do in life. One of the things that is my fa- or one of my favorite things to do in life is to contextualize situations, and that is something that we have to do here. There okay. is a headline floating around, Jason. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll let you take this one because you, you were the one who texted me about this first. Offer it in the most sensationalized way that you possibly can. I, I don't even remember what I texted you, but the headline, <laughs> something along the lines of, Jimmy Johnson is back with the Cowboys in a, on the advisory board. Like, they actually have one. Yeah, um, that's kind of the way that the internet is making it sound. Um, Jimmy, uh, the Ring of Honor member, Pro Football Hall of Famer, was on 560 Sports WQAM uh, talking about Tua Tungavailoa um, and offered something that has become a bit of catnip in the fodder of Cowboys Nation. So, so I got to ask, I haven't talked to you since the whole thing in the Ring of Honor and Jerry Jones and and uh, that relationship, which has kind of been back and forth, it was good to see. And, and Jimmy, I think it's probably the first time I can ever remember a guy going in the Hall of Fame way before going to the Ring of Honor. But but that's okay. But I, I thought you were a real pros pro with the whole thing, Jimmy. Well, since the Ring of Honor, Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. <laughs> we're talking on the phone. I, I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got, had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, but everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm, I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. Now, so you, you, hear, <laughs> and you, you hear the term hunky-dory, right? Now, Joe Rose on WQAM, uh, clearly a long relationship there. Right, that felt so tongue in cheek. So like, like, all right, they're friends again. They they've mended all their fences. Jimmy and Jerry, Jerry not Jimmy and Joe. Yeah, just to be correct. Right. Um, uh, but hearing hearing Jimmy say it the way he said it versus some of the sensational headlines I've seen on the internet, which kind of comes back to don't believe everything you see on the internet. We do know, and Jerry Jones has talked about this a lot throughout his time as owner of the Dallas Cowboys, he does seek advice from those that he trusts. And this does tell me that he does trust and value the opinion of Jimmy Johnson. For them to be on the phone for about an hour, I don't know if that's 12 minutes or 71 minutes. I I, I don't know Jimmy's... uh, time definition there of of about an hour it was like your dog last week you know how long do i keep the cone on i don't know a week or two that's that's uh, you know it's broad 
But I do find it interesting that Jimmy Johnson said he's got big decisions to make with Mike McCarthy, with Dan Quinn, and Dak Prescott. I find it fine. I don't. Fi- it doesn't really move me at all that they're on a, you know, on a level where they can at least have conversations with one another. Because um, that's been the case for a while, right? They they haven't been at odds, you know what I mean, as recent as last year. I mean, like, I don't think that, you know, Jerry putting him in the ring of honor suddenly opened the lines of communication in a way that they weren't before. But it, it is, to your point, still nice to hear that there is some consultation happening with Jimmy. I would also, the people who did kind of fall hook, line, and sinker for this this headline, they were like, oh, make him GM. And saying this, like, fully seriously, it's like, look, I love Jimmy as much as anybody, but, like, relax i mean (laughs) like the idea that jimmy could show up and just like be like the you know brightest thinker in in operator in today's nfl is is silly i mean and that's not anything against jimmy you know what i mean that's just the way the way that the modern nfl works i mean the way the the idea and i have this theory you know it's kind of like all the the rex ryan talk or you know doc rivers or, or any coach that loses a job goes on tv for a while they become the smartest guy in the room and then they get a job again um, Jimmy's great on television. In today's NFL, um, I, 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 I don't know. It's not going to happen. I do think it is a big step for them, for Jimmy and, and Jerry, to have conversations like that. I don't know that they were having those prior to uh, Jerry telling Jimmy you're going in the ring of honor and actually getting in the ring of honor. And if he felt comfortable enough to have that conversation, but also – for Jimmy to take a private conversation like that public tells me he's not on the advisory board. I don't even know if there really is a thing. You know, no. are, 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 are you, you know, in the phone? Are you in Jerry's phone where I just push the button and go? Are you in that favorites list? All right, maybe. Maybe he's back on that list. It's, um, it's an interesting time where things can get said and, take, and be taken in, in different directions. Uh, but Jimmy is not the only former Dallas Cowboys head coach who has made headlines in the last week. His were a bit sensationalized, but the others were completely fair, completely accurate, and completely literal. We have two more hours to go here on the Morning Huddle with Jason Minnick sitting in with me. My name is RG Ojoa. Do not go anywhere or else we will see you in just a little bit for more action here on the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Step in a jam by Wimbanyama. This is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now, here's Rob and RJ. Hello. Good morning. Buenos dias. Konnichiwa. This is the morning huddle here. On 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Make sure to check out sasportstar.com if you missed any of your favorite shows, interviews, or the latest news of the day. You can also catch anything and everything that we do on the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. Go subscribe there, pay the like tax, turn on the notifications so that you get all of the alerts for the morning huddle and the blitz. I'm RJ Ochoa, Rob Thompson, out for the day. And from the blitz, Jason Minix is here sitting in. Halfway home, Jason. How are you feeling at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday morning? Dude, I, I, I am I am feeling good. Working from home, but hanging out with you this morning. 
had a little breakfast, so I'm I'm feeling good about that. And during the commercial break, I don't want to say near whatever. I don't want to over embellish, but Roomba started to go right, mm. and you can't do a radio show with Roomba rolling through the house. As it, I never notice how noisy it is until everything in the house is quiet, like the TVs are on mute, and then all of a sudden I hear them. I'm like, what the hell is that noise? Mm, ah, here yeah. comes Roomba across the floor. You never notice how loud anything is until you need absolute silence. It's like when you're a kid and you go warm something up and the microwave is just like louder than it has ever been for you when the whole house is asleep. You know what I'm saying? Y- yes, yes. Although, the uh, I don't know how to turn Roomba off. So what would you just put it, in the backyard? It's not in the backyard. Uh, it looks like an upside-down turtle right now in one of the bedrooms with the door closed because it, 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 it works off of an app that is on my wife's phone. And ah. I don't know if you have a, a Roomba, but it, it's, you know, there are days it will get stuck under something and you've got to go find it. So it's like a lost pet or, or whatever the case is. But it starts... I'm hitting the button to to send it back to its docking station, but it won't do that because it's not time. And so I just had to pick it up, carry it in the bedroom, turn it over, and uh, it's over there making noise just in another part of the house. Well, I think on the next commercial break, you should tweet out a photo, and everybody should go check out your Twitter so they can see it. He is at Jason Minix. I am at RGO Cho. You should also tweet at Jason I don't know what you had for breakfast, um, because people are friends with you on the internet, Jason. That's the magic of the internet, is that it connects people. It makes them friendly. It makes them acquaintances. Some would say it makes them buddy-buddy. Is that a fair characterization of the internet in your experience? That is uh, very fair. Nobody needs to see a picture of my Roomba. Uh, (laughs) Breakfast was kielbasa uh, maple breakfast sausage links, which were fantastic. I didn't okay. have time to make eggs, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm good for now. That that will get me through the rest of this show. And yeah, you know, buddy, buddy is fine unless you're the boss. That's true. Um, Dave Campo was on the Blitz last week, and you, you know, the pros, pro you are. You're pulling double duty today. Last week, you get Dave Campo on, and poof, goes all over the internet. Everybody, who's anybody responded to, reacted on, had opinions about what Dave Campo had to say on the Blitz about one thing in particular. When he said it, before we get to it, did you think this is the thing that everyone's going to have a take on? No. Okay. Well, I, 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 I did not, uh, to, to, be, to be quite honest. But I was a little surprised that a coach would say this about another coach. Well, first of all, from a, from a culture standpoint, uh, I'll just say one thing this way. I know Dan Quinn very well. I was not in the office uh, in, the, in the building. Uh, I'm here in Jacksonville, so I saw a bunch of the games. I saw that game. Uh, I'm going a little bit on some hearsay. But I think the one thing about uh, Dan is he's a fine gentleman, and he's smart, and his scheme was okay, but – you know, uh, he was a little bit too buddy-buddy, I think, with the players, and that's part of it. You know, you can't have a lot of accountability if you don't stand a little bit above every, of the people that you're trying to uh, get to be accountable. You know, when you start off anything with a compliment, he's a fine gentleman. I mean, you could just like – that's almost but... worse than saying no offense. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so this really took off. 
and I uh, I transcribed it. I tweeted it, and anybody who interacted with it, yep, I totally see it. Yep, Dan Quinn, he's soft. Yeah, we need Zimmer to come in and, and tighten. That. And the whole reason you had Campo on, obviously, was to talk about Mike Zimmer and the impact that he you know, is going to have on the Cowboys. And he's obviously known to be a strong disciplinarian, which it sounds like is maybe not the vibe that Dan Quinn carried when he was in charge. When I think about what Dave Campo said, and I and I don't disagree with him and I know and he talked about it in the interview that we had with him and again you can go listen to the whole thing at sasportstar.com hit the AA best bail bonds audio vault he wasn't a successful head coach with the Dallas Cowboys we we all we all know that but he had a very successful coaching career in more than a decade with the Cowboys organization his three years at the top just were were not great that said I think Dave was one of those buddy buddy kind of kind of player coaches too. Mike Zimmer is not. Dan Quinn is becoming the scapegoat. He's becoming the fall guy for the failures. Mike McCarthy keeps his job. Dak will get his extension. I think most of us, nobody's mad that Dan Quinn is the head coach of Washington now and no longer in Dallas. But I do think there is a lot of truth to what he said, but it's it's a fine line. A lot of coaches are known as player coaches that can still hold players accountable. So, you know, I, I look here in San Antonio. Jeff Trailer is a player's coach, but those guys certainly understand who the coach is. And when you're when you're talking and being friendly and when I'm coaching and I need your undivided uh, attention and respect. Um, you know, I, I and, and I think there's that fine line. So was he saying to buddy, buddy, as in, I want to hang out with the guys and I hold nobody accountable because I think that is a bigger indictment on Dan Quinn than just being a player's coach. It is definitely totally true that Dan Quinn has become the scapegoat. He is, the, he is all the flaws have been assigned to him. I don't think anybody's like making up for Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott, but since Dan Quinn's out the building and people are starting to want to root again, they're just, you know, compartmentalizing their feelings and their emotions the best way that they can. And it's easiest to place all of the negative ones on the guy who's no longer here. I do find it funny that somebody who got a promotion and seemingly uh, a pay increase in terms of annual salary is a scapegoat <laughs> because that's generally not the case in most professions in real life. So good for Dan Quinn. Um, I thought about this a lot last week because you interviewed him on Thursday. And yes. we do a, uh, now that we're in the off season, a bi-weekly roundtable on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. And one of our contributors, Danny Phantom, had a great point, I thought, last Tuesday, where, you rem do you remember vividly the season that Dallas was on Hard Knocks? Most recently, in 2021, Mike's rookie year? Sure. So if you recall, that was the, the year the Cowboys played in the Hall of Fame game, obviously. Um and, 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 you know, we got to see all that and everybody enjoyed it and blah, blah, blah. There was a scene where Micah Parsons played very sparingly at the, at the beginning of it, a rookie Micah Parsons. And then, yep. you know, when he got taken out, was on the phone with Dan Quinn upstairs and was like, I want to play, I want to play. And Dan Quinn was like, ha, 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 you're so crazy, man. And was like, but nah, we're good. And Danny's point in our roundtable was like, Mike Zimmer would just be like, no. <laughs> you know, my, 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 Zimmer would be like, nope, that's it. Bye. You know what I mean? And that I'm not saying that's a bad thing against Dan Quinn, but that's kind of the difference, I think, in the types of dispositions. Well, and, and, and very true. And, and also, 
Dan Quinn did a great job for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he did. You, you think about the defense and how bad it was when he came in and he took it over. Now, granted, he takes it over and he gets Micah. I know I'm trying to think his first year in Dallas, did you go with us to Oxnard for training camp? Because McCart- I can tell you, talking- uh, Dan, Dan Quinn or, Quinn's or first Mc- year. No. Dan, yeah, all right. So, because I know you were there last year. It's, it's you know, uh, watching Dan Quinn work with players was very different than what we had seen before. And it's one thing to see position coaches with that kind of energy and hustle. It's a different difference when you see that with with coordinators you know like Kellen Moore on the offensive side wasn't running around all crazy hat backwards lining up hitting people like we saw with Dan Quinn and and I loved what we got from Dan Quinn but towards the end of the year on the blitz Joe and I were hammering that defense especially after the Seattle game and it was Michael Lombardi last week or two weeks ago on Radio Row in Las Vegas who said the problem with Dan Quinn is he's a two-pitch pitcher and if you figure out his fastball, you're going to hit him. And so I thought it was interesting in the Mike Zimmer press conference, Mike McCarthy used the baseball analogy and that Zimmer is a three-pitch pitcher. I, I just thought that was interesting. So it was like once you've got a book on Dan Quinn, do you have the book on him, especially if you could take advantage of the personnel? His history against former assistants is uh complete opposite of, say, Nick Saban. So – right. Uh, it was probably time for him to go, and he becomes the scapegoat. Being buddy-buddy with a player's coach is great when you're winning, and it becomes a problem when you are losing, and that's the nature of coaching. Sometimes when you lose a pitch, you go from you know one of the five starters to the bullpen, and that's kind of what we've done with Dan Quinn. We've relegated him. We'll see you once every four days, Dan, uh, but enjoy Washington, and you know, in this particular case, we'll see you twice a year. Uh, the All-Star Game, if you want to call it that, happened this past weekend. Wemby showed up and showed out a little bit, uh, but the Spurs are coming back this week, and we have some thoughts on what they need to do in order to impress us. We'll get into all of that much more. Go get a snack and another cup of coffee. We'll see you in a minute here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Ricky Wabamama. Top of the morning. Here on the morning huddle. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Check us out at sportsstar.com. The San Antonio Sports Star Tube of You channel. My name is RJ Ochoa. Rob Thompson out for the day. Jason Minix sitting in. He has had his breakfast. He has isolated his Roomba. And he is here. You're finally acting a little bit awake, Jason. It took you know two hours, but I told you, you, you got to rev the engine up. You can't just hit it at 6 a.m. at 100 miles an hour. What do you mean? I did. You didn't. It's okay. I'm 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 a good enough friend of yours wow. to be honest with you. Wow. But but you are now. You know what I mean? Like that's an important context to the point. Well, it's almost time for me to wake up. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I've taken out the trash. Uh, it's colder outside than I, than I than I than I thought. Um, <laughs> normally, that is something that my wife would do on her way out the door. Is um, and or I'll get a text. Hey, I you know. It's your job, and and I always have to look to see what color can the neighbor has out. Is it the blue can or the brown can? Because I have yeah, no idea. And uh, I'm happy to uh, hear that you've done your chores so far this morning, Jason. You know, and sometimes like some sometimes this this happens not for you, but sometimes somebody has to get up earlier or whatever, and they're like, you know what, I I kind of liked it. I was able to take the trash out. I was able to you know kind of see how the other half lives, so to speak. And 
and I might adjust. You know what I mean? I might make a permanent change because I liked the alternate reality that I got to see. Now, I don't think the Spurs have seen an alternate reality, but we have um, <laughs> in the past, and it's time for them to get there. It's time for the Spurs. You, you said it's almost time for you to wake up. You said you wake up at 8.30. The Spurs have been getting up at noon every day this, <laughs> this season, and I'm not even asking them to get up at, at 4.02 or whatever it was that your alarm went off this morning. Just get up at, at 8 o'clock. Like, the bar is really low for you, Spurs, coming off this All-Star break. You know, when I did a morning show years and years ago, I had a sign in my office that said I would enjoy the day much more if it started later. And that is a true statement. And I look at the Spurs. I would enjoy them more if they would get out of this early morning fog that they have been in for the last several years. We got the ray of sunshine with Wemby, yet it feels like a Seattle cloudy day. We need to see that sunshine. And the the idea that Wemby goes to the All-Star game and gets the superstar treatment on a team that's won 11 games. It's ridiculous. It's backwards. Um, and he didn't have the showing that I think we all would have liked. In fact, Jeremy won. <laughs> he was on the winning team on Friday night, and nobody cares. I actually kind of – for the first time, I kind of feel bad for Jeremy Sohan this season. I mean, like, I, to this point, I've just kind of, you know, been mad at everybody that isn't Wemby. But let's give Jeremy some love. He won. Well, he was I, on the winning I, team. I, I, well, great. I, I mean, and he got a trophy. I mean, it, it's as that is more as anybody can say this tournament season. trophy, right? Wow. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I just look at this, and Wemby's All Star experience was underwhelming, although not his fault, which is kind of weird because you know, I mean, he he just got dealt a bad hand. Uh, was kind of like his rookie season, you know. I, I, I just I just look at all of it, and there wasn't enough Wemby, and there wasn't enough highlights of Wemby. There wasn't, you know, but then there was too much of Wemby, if you know what I mean. You said it's not his fault, kind of like his rookie season. And I don't feel this way now, but I'm at a place where I'm prepared to feel this way over the course of the next two months. Anything you see or listen to or watch or whatever – is a consensus opinion. It's it's impossible to get people on the internet or in the world to agree on something. But we all agree that none of this is Wemby's fault. I'm kind of at a place where I'm, I'm open to the idea of placing just the teeniest bit of fault on him. I mean, he has transcended the way we expected him to, but at a certain point, and, and I recognize this is beyond his power to some degree, obviously, how much he plays and things like that, but I would... If Wemby doesn't drag this lifeless body to, to a little bit of competence, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. I know that's a high expectation to place on him, but that's who he is. I mean, he's shown so, that he's capable of having that place on his shoulders. So, RJ, what you're saying is you're placing some blame on him for not being more demonstrative early on in his rookie year, for not demanding from his teammates? I'm not placing that yet, but I've I've now opened the door and I'm ready to walk through. It, no, don't right? get now, off the fence. Or, or, get get off the no, fence. No, I mean, you, 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 no, no. This, this, I'm this on the fence because he's time. a rookie. He's a rookie, well, and I I was so, willing to give him time. We're we're after the All Star break, so now if we don't see some growth, some development in that respect, yeah, I'll be I'll start to be upset. I I we have all 
exonerated Wemby. Every time it's, well, it's not his fault. It's Pop. It's, it's Devin. It's Jeremy. It's, it's Trey. It's whatever. At a certain point now, it is also going to be Wemby in his own way. I'm, I'm with you, except for get off the fence. You, you don't prepare yourself okay. to be mad, right? I, I mean, you, you, know, you don't mad. strike me. You don't want. You don't strike me as one of those guys that wakes up in the morning and looks for something to be mad at. We know enough people out there that that wake up always looking for a reason to be mad at something. Hearing you say you're almost going to be mad, get off the fence. You're. He, I mean, but but you're right. It's been. It, it's it, too. It's his, It's it's the all star break of his rookie season. I, it ha, it's. It would have been unfair to him or to the process of it all to be mad at him already for that. That's why, like. It, it should. This is enough time. It is a literal break for him to look back and say, "Okay, I've I've accomplished all these things myself individually. I'm going to win Rookie of the Year. Now that I've had time to reassess and recalibrate, I I now have some standing in this locker room to be able to take the reins fully from a leadership standpoint, not just from a production one." He said a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was the beginning of what you are calling for now. That. He and Devin are talking a lot more that we can't get better if we don't express our feelings. And and so I think some of that is happening. I think it feels like Wemby is starting to take over that locker room. He knows it's it's his team. Devin needs to know it's Wemby's team. Mm-hmm. You know, Devin needs to realize he's Scottie Pippen in in this marriage. He's not Michael Jordan. And I don't know that Devin understands that yet. He might know it, but does he really believe it? Um, and I do put a lot on at Devin because prior to, Devin was the best player. And when you're the alpha player, when you're the dog, when you're the top guy, somebody else comes in, it's hard to let that go. And And, and I think once Devin realizes that, you know, I get mad every game when I look at and I see Devin with more shots than Wemby. That should not happen, right? There, there are just things that you look at, even on a minute's restriction. So I do think you won't end up being mad even though you're pre-mad right now um, because I do think we're, we have started to already see some of that from Wemby. The question now, though, and here's the loaded question, do you want them to actually start winning games post-All-Star break, which could affect draft status? And, and it's that weird. Like, last year I was all about the tanking. This year it's, you know, 11 wins. I think I had them at 38 was my preseason prediction. I won't come close to, to, to winning that bet. I understand that and, and can justify the logic of that in my mind. And I don't mean that I just want to see Wimby scream. But if we – and I think that the inflection point for all this emotion was the New Orleans loss and, and the Devin shot at the very end. That was maybe the final straw in, in a lot of senses. If, I don't, if that happens again, I want to see some heads roll. I want to see some – I'm not saying LeBron, J.R. Smith, like what's going on type thing, but I want to see some sort of – not retribution, but some sort of accountability, some sort of responsibility held for coming out of turn and jumping the line. This is the Wemby show – and I want to see Wemby enact that across the rest of his teammates. Kind of like, I, you know, the way Jimmy Johnson used to for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, yeah, to a degree, I, I, don't know, I don't know that Wemby has that personality. Kind of like Tim Duncan. He has to, uh, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, I'm, I'm kind well, of sick of just like, oh, well, you know. No, like, this is, you've got you've to change who you are in that respect. If you want to take this team to where it, we want it to go, that has to happen. 
But is that is that on Wemby publicly? I don't know what the kid is like in the locker room, and maybe he does. We heard him say a bad word on national television the other day, so we know he can cuss, right? But I get more mad at Pop for not coming unglued and going all Serbian on Devin Vassell. And I know Pop is coaching this group differently than he did Tony Parker in the early days, but I want the I want some nasty Pop. You know, there are times where I just feel like Pop is – what, what are you doing? I, I mean, you keep telling me you're, you're, you're teaching. You can scream at these guys, but maybe Pop realizes that screaming at Devin Vassell is not the way to get through to Devin Vassell, even though everybody watching was screaming at Devin Vassell. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm at a place where I'm putting that on Wimby. You've got to supersede Pop in some instances. You've got to take the reins over as the future, as the next, as the whatever you want to call it. This is, this is your team now. This is your time Again, those are my two cents as an advisory member to the San Antonio Spurs, the same way apparently that Jimmy Johnson is an advisory member on the advisory board, I guess, uh, to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. What the heck is going on there? We are going to tell you next on 94.1 San Antonio Sports. Hello! Hi. Our Joe Choe here on the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. No Rob Thompson today. Instead, we traded him in for a one-day rental of the Blitz's Jason Minix, who is pulling a double today. You're not a coffee person, Jason, so you're doing, like, multiple five-hour energies, or, like, what's the deal here? Uh, One so far... But I do have four right here. Uh, I'll probably have one more today. Jeez. You realize yeah, well, that's 20 hours worth of energy in your hand. Well, I, I, so I, the I, power I'm, of uh, the sun is in my hand. So um, Said I, Dr. Put one, I, I, I put one in my bag at the beginning of the work week for each day. So I've got four okay. that will get me through the week. Um, on a day like today, because I, I'm not a coffee drinker, just, just a lot of water today, Um I, I, I might I might have to go ten maybe fifteen hours worth of energy today, out of a glass, not a Stanley. Uh, my Stanley's at work. I know. That's what I'm saying you gotta. And and I and I'm at home, so yes, I'm I'm using a a regular glass. You are at home. The Army Navy game. Shout out Army Navy. Go Navy. Beat Army. Um, there you go. It's Tuesday. You mentioned you only had four, four days of the work week this week, with Monday being a holiday. Um, not a lot of sports headlines on Monday because it was a holiday, because the All-Star game stunk. Um, but there was something interesting that popped up, and you know that depends on your definition of interesting. So Jimmy Johnson went into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor, what, now three months ago-ish, had the best speech of all time. Um, and recently it was on 560 Sports, WQAM, uh, talking about the Dolphins. I mean, <laughs> just just talking about the Dolphins. And, of course, uh, generated a headline about the Dallas Cowboys, or at least some people think it was a headline. So before we play the audio, Jason, offer me the most sensationalized, radicalized, fabricated version of what Jimmy said in a blurb so that it can take off and go around the world. Well, I'll, I'll read the headline that Mike Fisher 
posted on the internet on his SI Cowboys was this Cowboys country. Jimmy Johnson hired the Cowboys advisory board by Jerry question mark back in the fold reveals coach sub headline Jimmy Johnson hired the Dallas Cowboys advisory board by Jerry Jones. I hired like is there is this a paid position and <laughs> You know, Jerry seeking counsel from those that he trusts is not new or news. Jerry has talked about that forever. Sometimes, though, and this is why, uh, especially on the Blitz and, and, and certainly here on the Morning Huddle, we like to play audio of quotes when they happen as opposed to when you just read them because context does matter. So, so I got to ask, I haven't talked to you since the whole thing in the Ring of Honor and Jerry Jones and and uh, that relationship, which has kind of been back and forth. It was good to see. And, and, Jimmy, I think it's probably the first time I can ever remember a guy going in the Hall of Fame way before going to the Ring of Honor. But but that's okay. But I, I thought you were a real pro's pro with the whole thing, Jimmy. Well, since the Ring of Honor – Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. <laughs> We're talking on the phone. I, I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, But everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm, I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. That is very different. <laughs> Then, then the headline, then the words themselves just read on paper or on your smartphone or whatever the case may be. It sounds, Jason, to me, in my untrained ears, like Jimmy's just kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, we're, uh, we got an advisory board. Yeah, blah, blah. It sounds tongue-in-cheek all the way through. I, 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 a couple of things there. Obviously, that's a host in Miami, big sports talk station in Miami, uh, a host that he knows well. Um but I do think there are some things there that you can unpack because the advisory role part, whatever that is, I, I, I don't know that Jerry convenes a board meeting with those that he trusts, but he does call people like and, and, and seek counsel. The fact that Jimmy specifically mentioned Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, and Dak Prescott, that tells you you're on the phone for about an hour talking about those three and Jerry either venting or legitimately seeking advice. I think one of the the bigger headlines is how he ended it. I'm back in the fold with the Dallas Cowboys because I think for for Cowboy fans, having Jimmy somehow a part of the organization on the ins as opposed to the outs is headline worthy, just not the headline that we got that was clearly there to generate clicks. I think that the only thing I'm willing to take away from in a serious way. Now, there are some things that I can stretch and, and believe uh, to different degrees, you know, again, through the context of all of this. But the only thing I'm, I'm really, like, I would hang my hat on is they have conversations on a semi-frequent to regular basis um, about certain things. I mean, the fact that they would speak, whether it was for an hour, whether it was for five minutes, I mean, the fact that they would speak about the playoff loss and talk about important things in, whether it's in an official, in a um, in a build capacity, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. But that that it is happening in general is, at the very least, cool. I don't even feel like Jimmy's input necessarily 
is a I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's a good thing. I, like I, I don't think that Jimmy should necessarily be in a position to serve as an, he hasn't worked in professional football in terms of the game in a very long time. Like I, I would not just trust his opinion nowadays over anything and everything, if that makes sense. Uh, anything and everything, maybe. Trust his opinion? Absolutely, I would. Because while well, he hasn't I'm not coached, saying I'd throw it away. I'm just saying, I, 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 you know. I, 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 he hasn't coached, but he's involved in the NFL with his job on Fox. I know that he still does a lot of camps and a lot of coaches reach out to him. Uh, his leadership, his player valuations, just his thought process, I think, is still uh, worthy. Now, one thing, though, that I think is the bigger headline here is is their friends again because it was a nasty divorce and there was a lot of times where you wouldn't hear good things about the other from whoever you were talking to whether it be Jimmy or Jerry and he also said in the interview you know every time he's with Jerry now they tell stories back and forth and they cut it up like a couple of brothers so I think just that relationship and if you're one that believes in the curse of Jimmy, although it didn't certainly play out against Green Bay, him in the ring of honor, him back in the fold, his words, uh, maybe that part gets lifted. And at both of their ages, you're glad that those fences were mended in the public eye for us uh, as fans. I think that yeah, is totally. the bigger headline. I'm My Cowboys heart is very happy on this front, that they are cordial at the very least. They feel to me like the two elder gentlemen who go to the park and play chess against each other. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just kind of the vibe that this is giving me. Um, kind of like uh, I know you'll appreciate this, um, like Charles Xavier and Magneto. That's kind of like what what this feels like to me. You know, you know who those are, right? Absolutely. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Somebody tweet me what the hell he just said. So um, I'm going to ask you a sensationalized question, but I, I okay. ask it with with a, a foundational level of truth. It is February 20th. You know that full well because you've been up for many hours today filling in for Rob Thompson, all right? Correct. Rob's, Rob's schedule will be back tomorrow, by the way, for everyone who's curious. So it's February 20th. I, I said my heart is full. My cup is full. I don't need any more Dallas Cowboys headlines. And I know that that's impossible because it's February 20th. Micah Parsons has spoken enough. Dak Prescott hasn't spoken at all. I mean, you know, CeeDee Lamb spoke and contextualized his mother's comments. Uh, Jake Ferguson did a podcast with Jonathan Hankins. That was fine. Uh, now you got this Jimmy Johnson thing that's getting twisted and turned into this, that, whatever. But this is already the longest offseason, I, I feel like, in some time for the Dallas Cowboys. And we haven't even gotten to the NFL combine yet. Fair or foul? Foul. Oh, I, I, you're, I think you're, you're, li you're, you're living in the moment. Every Cowboys offseason is there. Cowboys continue to dominate the news. Micah Parsons. Dude, you run bloggingtheboys.com. You should Dude, be Micah, sending him a thank you card. Are you, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, are you happy with all the talking and, and activity that Micah Parsons is participating in? Uh, uh, no. As, as a Cowboy fan, I, uh, I am not. As a guy that's all about content, you know, four hours of radio to fill uh, every day with compelling content that people want to listen and talk about. Sure. Uh, your, your clicks on, uh, at blogandtheboys.com. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, and it's twofold. There are times with this job, your job, that you, you separate the business side from the uh, 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 personal fan side of things. 
But at, at the same time, yeah, do I wish Micah would shut up? Yes. Yes, I do. So, uh, Micah, but from a content standpoint, uh, he, he keeps stirring the pot. Micah, in the last few weeks, which isn't even the entire offseason so far for the Dallas Cowboys, has hosted his podcast live from Radio Row, just like us. We're competitors of Micah's, if you think about it that way. Sure. So, you know, you got to turn on some some clear-eye view. Shout out to Jalen Smith, of course. Um, and get in the right, you know, mentality as a as a as an athlete, as a competitor, as you know, somebody uh-huh. in, along those lines. So he has hosted his podcast live from Radio Row, where he interviewed his teammate CD Lamb, which is fine. Where he interviewed the quarterback who eviscerated them in Jordan Love and asked him how he did that, which was interesting. He participated in the NBA All Star Celebrity Game and was the biggest ball hog you'll ever find. Uh, but but he won MVP, and it seems like that's what he showed up to do. In route to Indianapolis, seemingly, he chastised, in a fair way, autograph seekers, but did it publicly, which was a bit of a questionable move, questionable move to say that. Just the last few days, dude, for Micah have been rather wild. I mean, he chastised the people seeking autographs, put them on blast on the Internet, won MVP of the Celebrity All-Star Game, uh, Marco Mendez says in the Brigade Bar, most valuable podcaster. Speaking of, he went on the Stephen A. Smith show and he said all sorts of things. He revealed all sorts of information. He was all excited to talk to Stephen A. Smith. And this doesn't really bother me or affect me, but somebody who literally makes a living out of trashing his team. It's a really weird dichotomy that we find ourselves in with one of the best players on the team who is due for what will likely be a record-setting contract extension this offseason. Micah... It's interesting because I don't know if he realizes he is throwing his teammates under the bus, right? I, I, I honestly. So, if he is trying to be an honest evaluator, the the problem that that I have with Micah when he's talking about his teammates and what went wrong is Micah did everything right in that game right. and is the only one on that roster that did everything right in that game. We weren't talking about Micah on Sunday, but I'll tell you a story. I was hosting an event on Sunday for the uh, San Antonio Brahmas, their big kickoff event, about 1,100 people in the Alamo Dome, and I'm doing and hosting a Q&A with Daryl Moose Johnston and Coach Wade Phillips. And not talking about the Cowboys, but you can relate this to the Cowboys Daryl was talking about coaches. Is it the coach's fault? And, you know, coaches don't miss tackles, coaches, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then he looked at Wade and said, but Wade, if I were to ask you whose fault is it, he said, Wade said, well, it's not the player's fault. We're all, we're all trying to get there. Just something goes wrong. And <coughs> Daryl said, you don't point your finger at a teammate or a coach. You point your thumb back at you. What did you do? Because it's a collective group. And that is something that Micah Parsons has not done, is taken that thumb and pointed it at him when things aren't going right. Along those lines, Demarcus Lawrence, who is one of the elder statesmen on the Cowboys roster, um, has spoken recently and had a bit of a poor comment himself. I don't think there's any, you know, ducking that. in so many ways said the Cowboys were burnt out near the end, which was just a horrible thing to say. And, and even even Stephon Gilmore, who to 
the point you just laid out about Micah, Stefan completely gets and completely embodies, right? Like he's, he spoke to you all. He's not the type of person who's going to throw anybody under the bus. He's going to always do and say the right thing and then back it up on the field. But in contrast to that, <laughs> Micah was asked uh, by Stephen A. Smith on the Stephen A. Smith show about Demarcus Lawrence's comments. And to your point, just kind of kept one finger or two fingers pointed in any direction that wasn't himself. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you say that to someone else, you know what I'm saying? One-on-one, -on -one, you know what I'm saying? Cameras off, sure, be my guest. But when I feel like once that regular season ends, and they get in a playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it, it it should never – you should never go into a game like, I'm tired, like, I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to go home. Because that's exactly what's going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like, man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left, like – that's part of culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like that, I would like. That's just something like I don't agree with at all. Like regular season, all right, yeah, I'm tired. Like I'm wore out. But as soon as playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how hard it is to win in playoff game, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would never say I'm tired or I I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. Jason, even the pointing the finger at Demarcus Lawrence stuff aside, like like put that away for the moment here. The whole beginning of this was actually still using the excuse that he said shouldn't be an excuse. Right? Like the, the beginning of the quote is like, oh, you know, well, they, teams do play us like it's their Super Bowl. Like you can't offer the excuse and then say that's not an excuse. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 saying it and getting it out there in front of your whole point and then being like, well, but ju just don't pay attention to the words that I just decided to say myself. Like there was a lot of excuse making from Micah himself as well. Well, of course, and there's a lot of excuse making with a lot of Dallas Cowboy players. And and what it tells me from D Law, what it tells me from Micah, is this team is just not mentally strong to handle the rigors of being a Dallas Cowboy. If you know that that people are going to play you differently, they're not rookies. Micah's not a rookie, and ask Micah, he's seen it all. Uh, he's been in the league three damn years. But when you look at that, then you have to prepare for that. For D Law to say that. I was surprised. I think we mm -hmm. all were. At some point, you appreciate the honesty, even though you call BS on that. Um, and, you're, and Mike is right. He probably shouldn't have said that out loud, even if that's what he felt. Um, you shouldn't uh, be talking about it out loud. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be addressing it out loud either. The same way you want him to keep it private, you need to keep your thoughts and your criticism on it private. Like This, this, well, this helps nobody. Well, it, it was Bart Scott. I think it was Bart Scott. Yeah, yesterday, yeah. Said that Micah is the most sensitive guy out there because he responds to everything, and he feels like he has to respond to everything, and you don't, and he shouldn't. Did he throw his teammate under the bus? He did. D-Law, did he deserve it? Yes, because you came out and said, man, I was too tired. It was a group. We were tired. We were beat down. It's first round of the playoffs. I, I, I think Micah did the right thing, just probably didn't go about it the right way in calling out his teammate for making the comments that D-Law did. Now, when he called out D-Law and saying, well, you know, D-Law doesn't jump off sides, that whole drive is different. 
All right, again, I'm back to everybody screwed up in that Green Bay game except number 11. I wonder how he would react if somebody spoke about him publicly like that. When, you know, but th- that's kind of the difference is that, you know, I, I people can think what they want about Dak Prescott. How many times have you heard from Dak this offseason in the whatever it's been, five, six weeks? None, right? And and some people would, would feel different ways about that and say it's this, it's that, it's just retreating or whatever the case may be. I think Dak is, is wise enough and experienced enough as a member of the Dallas Cowboys to understand any speaking you do right now is only going to be chum in the water for everybody who wants to come for you. And that seems to be a lesson that Micah is not understanding of right now. You know, and I think some of that's just years in the league, uh, maturity, that sort of thing. I mean, Dak knows that he can't say anything. His brother made some comments. All right, cool. Dak doesn't have to go and defend his brother or try to set the record straight on something like that. You know, I've seen photos of Dak taking some wonderful vacations with his very pregnant girlfriend. He's getting a new contract. We'll hear from him soon enough, but probably after that contract is signed because that is the smart business decision for Dak Prescott. You will hear from more of us soon enough. I know that you're not used to this, Jason, but we got a whole another hour left. I want you to get up, do some what? laps, do some stretches. You know what I mean? Get the Roomba out, shake it around, do what you got to do, reprogram it, hardwire it. I don't know, you know, whatever rules or whatever situation uh, you got going on and how it all is. But uh, we have a lot more to get to, interestingly, because Micah Parsons gave us a lot. Don't go anywhere don't mind them brake lights as rob thompson likes to say oh we do have one uh giveaway by the way uh to offer here so we'll do that next how about that we'll give something away right that's a great tease what are we giving away i'll tell you when we come back on 94.1 san antonio sports star Morning Huddle on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. With Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Now, here are the guys. It is the Morning Huddle. That is our official theme song here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. My name is R.J. Ochoa. No Robbie T. today. In instead, we went... Not to the bench, but across the mound. Jason Minix. He's throwing Jason's throwing both games of the doubleheader today. Uh here on the morning huddle and on the blitz. The arm sore yet, Jason? We're gonna throw I, some ice on there when we're done here. Iron man. You know, you get a couple hours in between, you're ready to go, man. Uh, nine innings for both. No need to go to the bullpen. Couple of no hitters, man. It, it's gonna be a, a great Tuesday that feels like a Monday. I've got a question though. Did you actually turn your microphone on for Sports Center? I didn't hear a word of your Sports Center update. Yeah, I did. Pledge can back me I, up. It was totally there. I, I don't know. I heard what the you're music. I, I did not hear your voice at all. I, I could Pledge, not figure out what the hell Pledge was going on. Pledge just gave the thumbs up. What are, what are you talking about? By the way, uh, uh, we we've I'm got we've got two d- 
two double duties here, uh, Jason Minix and James Pledger. Uh, so you both get the RJ experience, RJ here, and then obviously Joe Reinagles. You go, it's, it's a palindrome for you guys this whole day, RJ yes. to JR. Wow. Yes, and uh, although, and, and look, game two is not a seven-inning game. We're only out 30 minutes early today, so... I mean that that's just just rolling right through. Seven and a half. Uh, Seven and a half innings. Uh, game two. We'll, 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 we'll go eight. Although no extra innings with Pledge today, which he's probably thrilled about since he just got back from vacation. Um, just got an email from the uh, Valero Texas Open type. Ricky Fowler has committed to play in this year's Valero Texas Open. I thought he already had, but Ricky, Rory, the event's going to be a, a whole heck of a lot of fun. And if you think doing this show early in general is difficult, what you're experiencing today, imagine doing it live there, which Rob and I will be doing. You you guys will. Billy Horschel also committed today. You know who his uh, doppelganger is, right? Oh, you got to tell me that one. Uh, do you know what a doppelganger is? I really don't I I really do don't know. know. I, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Google Billy Horschel. His doppelganger is Christian Bale. Um, they, they look, I mean, they really could, could be see like that. twins. I, I could see um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, watch out the VTO coming up in what, about a month and a half ish, six, Correct. seven weeks, uh, whatever Correct. it is. Um, we have, um, another hour, another hour of what my normal co-host loves to call fine restaurant quality radio. I always ask him, what is the restaurant? What's the restaurant you would kind of in, in, envision us being heard around? Uh, envision us being heard around or the yeah. quality radio that we're going to offer up? You can take that either way you want, Jason. Uh, your, I mean, your you know, is this the Rupub hour or is this going to be a fine steakhouse, a Myron's or a, a Ruth's Chris type of hour? Is it the Palm? You know, we'll put your picture on the wall on the way to the bathroom. Well, whatever it is, maybe it's a, a Shogun, the, the restaurant. I think that's a, a restaurant. Uh, we will be giving away two pairs of Shogun tickets uh, in, in short order, so make sure you uh, you are at the at the dial, and, and Pledge will get you in just a little bit. But before we do that, Jason, um, we have to talk about Micah Parsons because this dude just wants to talk about anything and everything. Micah Parsons okay. has opinions. You know, looking back, I was telling a friend this, my friend uh, Jimmy, not James, but um, do you remember last year? Maybe you don't. Micah took some playful heat about how many NBA jerseys he seemed to own or care about or care about owning. Um, and I just – so he's a, a Sixers guy. Um, obviously, he's from the Philly area. And um, I think he went to one of their games against Boston in, in the playoff series and was seen, like, asking Jason Tatum for a jersey. And a lot of people were all, dude, what are you doing here? Like, this is not cool. And he said, no, I just – I got to get that jersey for my collection. And at the time – I kind of chalked it up to like, okay, this dude just likes collecting jerseys. You know what I mean? This guy's got a man cave. Who who wouldn't want Jason Tatum's jersey if you're just a sports fan? Looking back, might have been a red flag that I ignored because <laughs> Micah has uh, has said a lot in the time since. He said a lot in just the last 72 hours, it feels like. Uh, Micah Parsons threw DeMarcus Lawrence under the bus. He talked about how he and Jerry Jones got buddy-buddy. Jerry hooked him up with four tickets to the Super Bowl. Um, if there is a subject in the world, Micah Parsons has touched it. He he has, and again, I, you know, it's the twentieth of February. You've talked about how you feel like this off season is longer than any other, which I think is something that we say every year. It's it's almost like every year the NCAA tournament comes around, and we all make our uh, jokes about how to find true TV. 
Uh, we, we say it every year, and I think that's said, and that's true about the Dallas Cowboys offseason every year, except for it's a different channel, and this time it's Micah Parsons, because I know Jerry loved the Cowboys' attention that his Dallas Cowboys were getting over NBA All-Star Weekend. The Dallas Cowboys dominated a very weak NBA All-Star Weekend because, well, Micah Parsons was there, and Micah Parsons always has something to say whether he should or not he won mvp played well in the game uh but the cowboys dominated the nba's crown jewel event that's life right i mean adam silver is probably pissed off that the nba can't even dominate <laughs> the nba's crown jewel event let alone not just that another you know sport took over but uh another specific team it's just micah it's too much at this point in time. And I feel old saying that. I, I feel out of touch. I feel like I have I, – I'm wrong here. I, I can't believe that I feel this way because I'm all about, you know, grind, you know, make your money, do your podcast. And I actually don't even have a problem with the podcast existence like a lot of people do. But going on Stephen A. Smith show, Jason, and saying all this stuff about the team, that is flying way too close to the sun. The, the idea, though, that he takes no responsibility for the team failures – and I know sometimes it's cliche, you know, quarterback will always take the blame for a loss. And after a win, you credit the offensive line, you credit the running back, you credit the receivers for making great catches. Uh, and Micah doesn't do any of that. Micah is the the only person that played well against Green Bay. Although, after watching the defense in the NBA All-Star game, I would say that might be the only worst defensive performance uh, uh, we have seen since then. I, I, you just I, Micah, with everything that he says, and, and, I, and I do believe he means well. I, I really do. I don't think yeah. there is malicious intent with what he does, but he's he has a podcast. He wants to give opinions like a Stephen A., like a Skip Bayless, and he wants to be honest. And in doing that, he has thrown coaches under the bus. He has thrown teammates under the bus, except for he's never thrown himself under the bus. I've never heard him say, yeah, I sucked today. Uh, he complains about not getting holding penalties. And now he's trying to play general manager as well, which, uh, again, I don't have a problem with Jerry Jones talking to a star player about what he thinks he needs. Um, I would have a problem with Jerry if he said, well, I drafted this guy because Micah said that's who he wanted to go get. Well, you said draft. So um, this happened over the weekend, as mentioned. Micah was on Stephen A. Smith's show, and he, he was asked, and he said that he and Jerry had – he had told Jerry the kind of players he wanted to surround himself with or wanted to be surrounded by um, in Dallas. And Stephen A., because he's a professional. You know, I mean, he's good at this whole thing. I know people have their opinions, whatever. But Stephen A. pressed him. He said, well, like, what, what specifically? I mean, I'm like, what, what do you want? What is the answer to that? And, and you know, this is going to shock you, but Micah had an answer. So I told Jerry, I said, look at every team that kind of um, was in that Final Four. Who do they have? Did San Francisco, Detroit. Okay. Okay. Who did Baltimore have? A great linebacker core, right? Uh, who did San Fran have? Great linebacker core. KC, Bolton, and uh, uh, they came along. I said, 
We need to get us another. We need to get another bigger linebacker who's going to come down and. And I said we need to get a, a super three thirty nasty interior. Look what how Eric Armstead, Jalen Hargrave, Kozrak, Havoc, and you so know. So Mozzie Smith uh, isn't the answer. The last two games. He was three thirty. Uh, look at you know how. Um, Ali McNeil, Detroit, front with Hutchinson and all them. Um, you know, it's just certain things where I was like, I was pinpointing we can build in this because we're slim. Like, we have guys, and I think Osa's been great for us, and, uh, you know, but we just need a big old 330, can't move. Because I saw the way Chris Jones affected that Super Bowl, and I was like, my God, like, you need a big boy. Get yes. fast and clogging up the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So. And and not even just Chris Jones, Mike Pennell. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I think we got a lot of rushers. I think Osa, he could play inside, outside, one of the most versatile uh, DTs. And, um, you know, when we lost Hank, he was a, he's a big dude. Um, but we need to get one of them big old nasty pass rushing, get going. I mean, Mozzie was 330. They made him lose weight. And – and Micah, you talked about throwing people under the bus. He said we we're too small. I mean, I'm paraphrasing at this point. That's Dan Quinn, dude. <laughs> like Dan was the one who wanted all these safeties to play linebacker. He was the one who wanted y'all to be to be small and to be fast and able to combat the pass. And like, I, I know that Leighton Vanderish is kind of an afterthought, but like, imagine being Leighton Vanderish or or even Marquise Bell, and you put your body on the line to play linebacker. He's like, oh, we need some some big thumpers. Like these dudes suck. I mean, again, I know he didn't say that literally, but like. That's why this is just a bad idea in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, and again, I, I look at uh, – I don't disagree with what he said, to be quite honest. And I think with Mike Zimmer coming in and Dan Quinn out, you will see some of those players. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Marquise Bell ends up at safety again, um, just knowing the kind of player that Mike Zimmer wants. But, I, you know – you think about Mozzie Smith, the biggest headlines that dude made this year in his rookie year for the Dallas Cowboys was red underwear that said send nudes at training camp. <laughs> Outside of that, we you, haven't heard anything obsessive. from that guy. And here, basically, you've got that guy. You drafted that guy last year. And Micah says we need this guy. I think he used the term monster, which tells me what I think – we need to know about Mozzie. Now, last year it was, well, it takes a year or two to develop at this position. We'll see. The Ringer, in a far too early mock draft, have the Cowboys taken a guy named uh, Jazan Newton from Illinois, uh, basically that looks just like Mozzie Smith. A little bit lighter, but that kind of player. Uh, if you draft that same position two years in a row, you're telling me you missed on, uh, on uh, Mozzie immediately in that first uh, last year. That's how they roll. Um, we promised you uh, the first set of two that we're going to give away here to a, an advanced screening of Shogun. You can win a pair uh, to the advanced screening on February 22nd at Santicos Casablanca. Free popcorn and drinks are going to caller number three. Does Wemby have a chance to be the face of the NBA in a post-LeBron world? We're going to discuss next. Don't go anywhere or Jason will be back. Morning, Huddle on 941 San Antonio Sports Star Robbie T out for the day in his place. Jason M from the Blitz. He'll be there later today, too. You ever go by Jason M? 
Except for like, no. you know, an, an official form or anything like that? You can just call me Jason. Um, or Minix. Jason M. You, uh, you uh. have a last name that works with that. I told Burt Kreischer because he said Ochoa is a great last name. And I was just like, no, you can't call me that. You know what I mean? Like, it's you, like you would never be like, hey, Ochoa. It just sounds really awkward. And I'm okay with that. I've made my peace. You know what I mean? You know, it might sound awkward for, for you, um, I, but if you've ever played team sports or if you ever pl- were in the military, just getting called by your last name is commonplace. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying that Ochoa is a weird name to say. Like, Minix sounds fair. You know what I mean? When you say it, you know, like like that, like Minix, it pops. Ochoa doesn't pop the same way. And I'm, so again, on the on the on the chess team, the coach didn't scream at you. Hey, Ochoa, what was that move? Hey, look, I was on the chess team. We built the program that is Brownsville, Texas, and their nationally renowned chess program. So yeah, you put some respect. Um, I'm not trying to brag or, or, or put him on blast, but when I was uh, in sixth grade, I beat Michael Haskins in Kingsville, and that was like the upset of the century. When I walked back out, they were like, "You won." You beat you beat him, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I did!" And and I was sick. It was literally my Jordan flu game. So, you know, that that's incredible. That's I, I I hope. Uh, <laughs> what was name Eddie Haskell? Is he still listening? Anyway, um, whatever name you want to call him, Wimby, is awesome. Um, we yes. have some high expectations that we talked about a little while ago. But there's an interesting topic floating around, Jason. Um, now that the All Star break happened and everybody got to see the assimilation of talent altogether. Who is the face of the NBA in a post-LeBron world? Players were asked about this over the course of the week in Indianapolis. Um, the more common names that were offered were Luca, Anthony Edwards, SGA. Uh, as Steph Curry said, guys that are really coming into their prime. Um, Giannis offered Wemby as an option, said if he can stay healthy, everything's in front of him, he's unguardable. Do you think that Wemby has the chance to be the face of the NBA over the next decade or so. Uh, he does, and probably in the next five years, although I think a lot of that will depend on what Greg Popovich, Brian Wright, and RC put together around him. You can't be the face of the NBA on an 11-win team. You've got to be able to win and not just you know, make the playoffs as a sixth seed and out in the first round, you've got to win championships. And I think that will be a knock on, say, Luka becoming the face of the NBA. Giannis has a title. Joker has a title. You look at some of the other young stars, uh, you know, SGA maybe, um, Chet probably not, but Oklahoma City's got to win a title. And I think you've got to be a championship team or championship caliber team to be the face. But when you look at the global dominance that Wemby is having on the NBA in his rookie year, for a guy that wasn't even an all-star this year, he was front and center all-star weekend, seeing that big old uh, uh, picture of him over at a baggage claim in Indianapolis that I saw uh, Larry Ramirez from KSAT tweet out. Yeah, not bad for a guy that isn't even an all-star. You know, it could have been any of the guys that I just mentioned, but for a guy not even in the showcase event, he was getting the all-star treatment. Yeah, for anybody who has foolishly made the Chet argument for Rookie of the Year, Zach Lowe, we're talking about you, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe, I can't believe you said no, that. I did at one point, I'm not going to lie. 
Okay, okay was, but Zach was, did it really it was, recently, and di- and did it. And Zach's argument was like, "But if you if you move beyond like who the better player is, you know what I mean? Like it was it was all this like goalpost moving that was ridiculous." Is, is my point. But I I, um, I, I, I I can hear an argument honestly, and I don't want to get too sidetracked because Chet is on a winning basketball team. Uh, it's, Wemby, it's not, as great it's as not, he is, has not helped this basketball team win games. You can unpack that on the blitz, and Joe will destroy you, and I will enjoy every moment of it. But Anyway, uh, the fact that it was Wemby who was on hand to unveil the the AI technology uh, and and that he uh-huh. was the face of everything, to your point, is he's not just a better player, the significantly better player, which is not a knock on Chet. It's just a point in terms of who Wemby is. But he is the more marketable player, the more worldwide player, to your point. Um, I finally got to watch the sit-down he did with Connor Bedard, the whole thing. Um, it was like 20 minutes long. It was super cool, and it was so cool how they related to one another with their, you know, kind of – I mean, Wemby's a lot more famous worldwide. Obviously, Connor transcends, you know, just being famous domestically at this point because of the way the and, NHL and works. And if people but missed it, he's a, he's a hockey player, a sensational young hockey player. He's he's the Wemby of of the NHL at this point, basically. Uh, plays for the Chicago Blackhawks, was the number one overall pick, and has kind of been anointed in in a similar sense um, to Wemby. But I think I thought what was interesting about the players that Steph listed. That was his list: Luca, Anthony, SGA. Um, Luca obviously plays in a big sports market in Dallas, but um, SGA doesn't, and Anthony doesn't. And even you mentioned Giannis and, and Joker. I mean, Denver's a big, you know, city and everything. But it's not like the the big, you know, these these aren't Lakers we're talking about or Yankees. You know what I mean? Like these these aren't like big. I know that I'm talking baseball, but these aren't like massives. You don't have to play for a big market or whatever at this point in time to be the face of the NBA anymore. Market size doesn't matter. The internet has taken that away, and when you look at the market for Wemby isn't just San Antonio or South Texas or even Texas. You've got France. You, you've got entire countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, market size went away years ago, especially in the NBA. And, and I think one of the things that the NBA has done that other sports necessarily haven't is – these players are such individual brands. You know, there are some baseball players that are that way, but not many. Uh, football players outside of quarterbacks and a couple of wide receivers, not not really. It's still more about the team, where the NBA is still very individual promotion over team promotion. Um, we have two more tickets to an advanced screening of Shogun. A pair of tickets for the advanced screening on February 22nd in Santico's Casablanca. Free popcorn and drinks going to caller number 5, 656-ESPN, 656-3776. When we come back for the first time ever, Jason Minix is going to participate in the airing of grievances. We'll be back to do that here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. This is the Morning Huddle with Rob Thompson and R.J. Ochoa. Welcome, newcomers. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Here are the grievances with Rob and R.J. Hey-oh! You know what's happening. The Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We're pissed off. We're going to tell you why. Rob Thompson out today. Jason Minnick's in. The man who has never seen a single episode of Seinfeld, so didn't understand that entire reference point. Isn't that true, Jason? Uh, incorrect, sir. <laughs> okay. If you, would have, if you would have gone, uh, 
Uh, the other show that you and Pledge love, uh, How I Met Your Mother. I've seen a couple of those. I, I don't Himium. get any of those references. Himium is what the cool kids call it. So, you know. Cool. Uh-oh. Anyway, um, yeah. so you're new around here. All right. This is the first time on The Morning Huddle. Um, Correct. You had a lot going on with the Roomba and everything. We don't you know, need to revisit that. Uh, but what we do at 930 every day is we just let it all out. You know, whatever's on your mind, whatever has been grinding your gears, whatever, just that, that little kernel stuck in your tooth, you know, you want to get out, um, you just, you know, you let it be. And it's, it's kind of a process. I have to tell you whether your grievance passes or not. You have to tell me whether mine passes or not. If we have anybody chime in, we'll tell them whether theirs passes or not. They can chime in on the brigade bar or they can hit us up 656-ESPN-656-3776. Jason, you are the guest. Your first grievance is what and why? You know, it's interesting. I'm totally unprepared for this because I thought the airing of the grievances was a Friday thing, not a daily thing. And I saw it on the rundown, and I thought it was just left over from Friday. Uh, So you saw it on the rundown, and we're still unprepared. Interesting. That's kind of my grievance, that you looked at the rundown and were prepared. Well, but I also saw things from Friday that were on the rundown when I was looking at it from yesterday that weren't there this morning. So I thought that might get edited out. Um uh, honestly, all these damn and, – and, and I don't want to sound like the old guy, so I'm afraid to go there, especially with a guy like you. Um, I've got enough apps. I've got enough streaming services. <sighs> all right? And, and, and it's, it's a, a, a two-part grievance. One, I don't know what the hell Yolanda Salvador is doing interviews for, but there was some interest, like, I'm going to go watch some of this. It's only on the Peacock app, apparently, which I don't have. So I'm not going to see it. And she is not worth me signing up to, to go get it. But I, I, I hate when I see something that I want to watch and it's on a service that I don't have. So your grievance is you're mad about something you don't pay for? Or mad about not having something you don't pay for? Just to be very clear Cor- so I understand. Co- correct. Oh, correct. So it. it, in, in, it, 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 it <laughs> In different Again. terms, your grievance would be, I'm so mad that there was a pay-per-view event that I didn't pay for and I didn't get to watch. That's, well, you realize no. effectively that's what you're saying. Well, uh, no, it's completely different. I, I mean, there's, <laughs> uh, you know, I have the choice of whether or not I'm going to pay for this. Um, uh, I have the option at a pay-per-view event, to, like a fight, to go to the Rupup. Somebody is going to have that. Nobody is having a Yolanda watch party. Right, and I probably I mean, would not go, but I don't. But in, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm just there's so many different apps out there. I don't want them all. That does not move me to subscribe to it. It just means it's something that I'm going to miss out on. My grievance, I gotta say, not yours. No, this doesn't pass. This isn't a good grievance. I'm sorry. I, 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's fine. My, no. you know, my my other grievance is R.J. Ochoa, who just doesn't give a damn. He asked me what what's bothering you, no, and then you don't care. This is called like, the I morning cuddle, man. I can't believe cuddle, that I, I can't have exclusive things for free. I mean, like that's your your grievance in and of itself. And maybe this isn't the case at every establishment, but you, like a lot of places have Dude, a cover charge if there's a pay per view event. Didn't give your dog a cone last week. What do you mean? That's a completely fair grievance. Uh, the, for anyone who missed this, my we had my dog uh, neuter Earth spayed, and we went and picked her up, and they handed her to us, and she looked the exact same. And I'm not saying that she like should have looked different, but she didn't have well, a cone on her. She lost lady parts. She wasn't the same. But she didn't have a cone on her, and I thought like this is pretty typical. You didn't pay for have, it. I mean, apparently. to have a cone 
I'm, I'm the dog that free. got fixed. They charge for um, that. Look, you're a newbie at this whole grievance thing. Newbie's also a shout-out to a different sitcom in Scrubs that I'm also certain you haven't seen. Um, let me let you know that you were you were going down a good path. I thought that you were heading somewhere that I was going to agree with, and I would have passed your grievance. Um, I had a similar grievance to this when it came to reading articles. Um, I don't totally agree that there are too many apps, but you know what bothers me? And this is, I guess, a, a grievance that I'm piggybacking off of your grievance with. You you have a lot of apps, right? You just said that. I wish I had one master list, right? Like one master favorites. I th- these are my the, the Netflix shows on my list. These are the you know the Mac shows on my list, and I can go to this one list and see them. Because then sometimes if I go to Netflix, I forget I have this show on Max on my list or whatever the case may be. And I wish I could go to this master list and I could say, you know what, I feel like watching this show. And it would take me to that app. But I need that, that central nervous system. to, Or I can't be taxed with remembering in my brain all of the lists that I have across all different apps and devices and services. I think that that's fair. I think that that grievance should pass. So in other words, what you're saying is you wish you had a DirecTV-style box that would have all your favorites highlighted and hitting the DVR in one central location. Exactly. That's exactly what I want, but for all these services that we obviously have to sign up for because it's fair to believe that people forget what they've added to their favorites or what they're in the middle of or whatever. Like There should be one hub for all of this stuff. This is the part where you say that it passes or fails. I know again. I know. I, I, I mean, it, 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 it's weak. Um, uh, I, I would say that that shouldn't be a grievance because um, all the all apps individually organize themselves, and you're a very organized person. I'm surprised you don't have a spreadsheet already made on a shareable Google Doc with your family, with it all scheduled on what day you're going to watch what show. I mean. There is a mental kind of calendar for stuff. It's like, up, oh, you know, the challenge drops this day. Survivor's back next week. I know you're very excited about that. Um, can't you know believe I mean? Survivor like, has survived this long. I can't believe it. You are hating on Survivor. That's also a grievance of mine. You haven't come in and offered any good grievances yet. What are you contributing to this segment? Nothing. Does Jeff still have a job? What are you talking about? Does Jeff still have a job? He's the host. He's one of the longest-running hosts in America. Uh, he is. I, I mean, how it's, could it's you impressive. possibly come here and hate on Jeff Probst? I, I, I just, I, I, I lost interest wow. with the show. Um, um, I have another the first season. Since huh? you, you are failing spectacularly at this. All right, you ready for my next one? Mm-hmm. The All Star Game sucked. We know that it did. All right, we, we, we all know that. that. My grievance isn't even that it sucks. My grievance is how we all knew it was going to suck. Same thing with the dunk contest. And then we act, you made the, the joke about, oh, where's the true TV channel, blah, blah, We all act like it sucked for the first time. We know it sucks. Like, why, why do we allow ourselves to be surprised by this every year? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is, what is wrong with us that we can't remember that it sucked and, that, and go into it knowing that? We, we act like it's not going to suck despite the fact that it has been terrible forever. Well, I think you're describing a you problem, RJ Ochoa. If you went in with wow. higher expectations – then you were extremely let down. Now, that said, Adam Silver, his job, he tried to raise the expectations and tell us that it was going to be more competitive with some of the things that they were trying to do. Now, they're, do we go USA versus the world? Can the world fill the team and create a competitive game? 
Uh, but if you are disappointed by the All-Star game because it didn't meet your expectations, that's a you problem for having too high of an expectation. Uh, I do want to shout out Greg Thurston, who on Twitter hit me up. This is why we air these grievances. Jason, uh, Greg's Twitter handle is at Astro since 1975. So pitchers and catchers have reported. Josh Hader looks great. So likely a good time for uh, Greg Thurston in that sense. But uh, Greg hit me up and uh, said there's an app called Just Watch that will tell you what service each show is streamed on. This is why we do this. Think about this. Download the Hold app on, right what? now, Jason. What, it's what, what it's called what? It's called, it's called what? Just, it's called Just Watch. So it's two words as one. Just Watch. And yeah. according to Greg, and I was looking it up, you can say, like, I want to watch How I Met Your Mother, whatever. And it will tell you, like, oh, that show's on Hulu or that show's on Netflix or whatever. And you have this app accessible to you to, to, as, a, as a map, as a guidance point to whatever you want to watch. It's well, cool. wait a minute. You don't need an app for that. You got Google. If you what want to you know mean? what what if you want to know what what something is on, you could just Google it and it That's will tell you. That's such a primitive way of approaching the internet in 2020. Are you kidding? I mean, why do you need another app to just search? Why do you need what, any app I, then if you have Google? I, 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 I thought Just Watch was going to say what you wanted it to do. You could link all your accounts, hit that app, and then you know mirror it up to your TV, and it would be there. That's just Google. Wow. That's just another um, app for Google. I can't believe that you are hating on this, first of all, but I also can't believe that you came unprepared from a, you know, you know, a grievance. Our grievances, they, they can be personal, right? They, they can be. Yeah, it can yeah, be yeah. anything that's bothering you. There you go. Let RPP, it out. Let it out. You can do this. So over the weekend, you know, football season is over, and I live my uh -huh. life by two seasons. I've got football season and then I have concert season. And oh, right. one of the things that my wife and I like to do is look at concert schedules, go to cities we haven't been to, and it gives us a reason to go to whatever city we're going to, right? Very cool. With you so far. All right, you're cooking with gas. Let's go. My grievance is as I'm looking at the bands that I know that I'm going to go see or want to go see that are touring is – there's very few of them touring in the spring in the United States. A lot of them are, are summer, August, which I've got Cowboys camp, and then you get into high school football season. So then, you know, you've got to get an early Saturday flight, and it's a day trip. Do you want to do that? It's during football season. So in the, the spring and summer months, the, the bands that I want to travel to go see aren't really playing at a, at a convenient time. I don't want to go see... Uh, the Foo Fighters on a Wednesday. I will, but I don't want to. Like, like they, I, they're not. They don't have a good Saturday date in a cool city that has a direct flight from San Antonio to that city. Because I also look for that. Like, who's got Southwest on a direct flight? Um, so my my concert planning for the summer has has gotten very difficult. Like Green Day, this tour that Green Day is on. I want to go see with, with what they are planning and what they are saying. And right now, the only convenient Saturday Green Day show is in Denver, but it's in September. You know, I know they're in Austin, and I know they're in, in Dallas, but they're playing in the middle of the week, which makes it difficult to get off work to go. I know that's, that's a, a, a very interesting grievance, but literally I've been working on my list of concerts <laughs> that I'm going to and trying to figure out, 
you know, like uh, uh, there's some in San Antonio that you're going to. I'm going to a cool show in Florida. It's be on a Saturday in, in Dustin. That, that's cool. The show is cool, but really I want a beach weekend in Florida. Okay. Blink-182 so sure is playing here on a Monday. To make sure I understand the grievance before I tell you whether it passes or fails, you're upset. Your grievance is with the fact that you are trying to line up multiple circles and find the, the middle of the Venn diagram to where it checks off a cool city that you want to visit, obviously a concert that you want to see, a particular tour that you want to see, doesn't inconvenience you in terms of time, you know, your job, your way of life, has a direct flight, and the flight is all manageable, all at this time of year that is non-football season when you are more flexible and malleable, right? That's your grievance? That is correct. Passes. Well done. This man did it. He showed up. He came with a proper grievance, and it passed. That is well done. That's something that's just bothering you. Don't you feel better having gotten that out? Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, and, and if somebody could help with that, but, like, the Green Day <laughs> tour, Dookie, an American Idiot, and I might see that one twice because they do end their tour on a, on a Saturday in San Diego. Again, direct flight from San Antonio on Southwest. I could get there, but then I, do I really want to see them – twice in the month of September. I was hoping to catch that one twice. Um, and it's, it, it, uh, it doesn't look good unless I go like to Italy, which. Right. So I wouldn't call be this bad, this is, but not, not is, necessarily feasible because Southwest doesn't go there. This is a good grievance. It's not a, an RPP, but it's a, it's a good grievance. Oh, it's an RPP. Uh, I don't think so. It's, it's not quite there. Uh, something I have that isn't quite an RPP uh, but my grievance, my bother, what's stuck in my craw is my golf game because it doesn't exist right now because I'm the father of a two-year-old. Um, so, you know, wow. that's just where all my time goes. But uh, my golf game in the poor shape that it's in uh, will be on display at the San Antonio Sports Star Spring Golf Classic at the Golf Club of Texas, uh, Monday, March 25th, 2024. Uh, everybody go to essaysportstar.com. You can check out. You can sign up. You can be a part of it. And did you know, Jason, that Rob and I are on a bit of a promotion in terms of the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel, which is how people can watch our shows every single day. Uh, we are, let me double check here, 138 subscribers away. Did you, do you know about this? I've heard a little something about it. So I, 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 don't, get... I, I don't know all the details. I know the blitz kicks your guys' ass when it comes to getting subscribers. So any so, help that you well, can get in the morning, we'll, we'll, we'll we're, give you. We're actually – we're willing, we're willing to put our bodies on the line, which you guys aren't. So, I mean, what does it really say about, you know, all of us? But anyway, uh, what Rob and I are willing to do uh, is if we, at this point, the number is 138. If, if 138 people between now and the Friday before the golf tournament, which is the 22nd um, of March, so you have about a month. If 138 people subscribe to the YouTube channel between now and then, Rob and I, after our show on Monday at the tournament, will do the Hot Ones Challenge. Are you aware of what this is? What is the Hot Ones Challenge? I'm really not surprised that you don't know. Um, so, you know, tough scene for you. Hot Ones is a, uh, a show, a podcast, um, it's a YouTube show um, that is uh, a talk show where the host and the guest, Sean Evans is the host, and the guests each eat, I think it's seven or eight, uh, maybe ten, wings that progress in levels of heat. And he asks them questions while they're doing that. It, it's interesting to see how the guests you know, handle the conversation as the wings get hotter and things like that. And you can buy the sauces that are used on the wings, obviously, and, and you know, partake in your own Hot Ones Challenge. So Rob and I will do this if we generate enough subscribers, um, and we'll record the video, and it will go up on the YouTube channel as a YouTube exclusive. So the audience has the opportunity to force us to do that. Are you good at eating hot foods? 
I've never done this, so I don't know. That's um, not what I asked. I, well, I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. Do, do you um, like spicy? Can you handle spicy? I can handle taking one for the team, which is what this ultimately would be. I do want to say um, the Brigade Bar, uh, Hunter Hitch offers a grievance. So now you get to determine whether a listener's grievance passes, Jason. This is a lot of power. Hunter says, the gas station has eight gas pumps and one diesel slash gas duo pump. If you need gas and there's an open gas pump, go park there. So those of us who need diesel can actually get it. This is a fair grievance in my mind. That's really selfish of somebody if they don't need diesel and they have the option to go somewhere else to hog that lane up. I would say it is selfish if you're aware, right? Well, who would if, not be if, aware? If you, if you don't know that, you shouldn't be operating a motor vehicle. No, I, I, I think if you're aware that they only have diesel at that one pump, or if you're pull up and even aware, because I think most people, you pull right up. It is a very fair grievance, but I don't think that's one of those intentional D-bag moves that somebody makes like, oh, I got all these options, but I'm going to screw the guy that needs diesel, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to pump my gas, and then I'm going to mill around in the store for Does 30 minutes trying fail? to buy something. Get off the fence. I, said, I already, I already said yes, but it's okay. one of those unintentional grievances. Um, how about this? If I, I have a, I have a problem. I have a problem with people that get gas and then walk inside and shop while leaving their car at the pump. That's fair too. What if it's like Bucky's on a road trip sort of thing? You know, and there's a lot of people and you don't want to move the car. I, I mean, you just go park. So you do that is what you're saying. Go, no, go park. I, I, I park. How about this I, as a I, twist on the grievance? People who are going to go straight and knowingly and willfully line themselves up to be the front car in the right lane. So you're, you're, you know, you're holding everybody up from being able to turn right on red because you know, you're going straight. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else can turn right when it's red, assuming that that's allowed at the intersection you're at. Sure. But pe people who are, know they're going to go straight and they, they know that like it's not they just wound up there because of the amount of cars and the flow, whatever, but they knowingly and willfully took up that spot and held up the people behind them from turning right while they're waiting on the light to turn green. If it's intentional, yeah, that's, you know, that's an a-hole move. If it just happens that way, sometimes it happens that way. Uh, wow. That, that's part of it. I have a, 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 a true story in agreements, and I know we're running short on time. Something that I saw over the weekend, leaving the HEB of Blanco in 1604, going back towards I-10. And there's oh, all that construction there, all this construction there. And as you're coming off the access road, about to get on the 1604, there's that access road. But right before that, there's the construction zone entrance. A car three in front of me entered the construction area, didn't slow down and hit a big-ass tractor. The only thing I could figure is GPS says, turn here. And they did. It was um, dumb. Wow. Uh, that is dumb. Quick grievance from AJ Reyna in the Brigade Bar. I own a food truck. I saw chicken tenders and chicken wings. My grievance is when customers ask, how big are your tenders? What do you say to that? Three inches, four inches, very awkward. Um, wow, that would be tough. That's a tough scene. Um, Jason, um, we, we are about to get out of here. Before we do, I want you to promise us five words that you will say on the Blitz later on today. It can be any words you want. You can, make, you can make this as easy or as challenging as you want, but five different words you promised to say later on today on The Blitz. The Blitz, Joe Ryanagle, Jason Four. Minnix. 
That's six. Wow. That that's that's really five. And that was a bit of a cheat, but you know. Whatever. All right, Micah but Parsons, Jimmy Johnson, Micah. Why? Why are, do you know how to count? Like you keep holding up one finger for, <laughs> for each of these. Uh, there, there's <laughs> multiple fingers going on here, and there's about one about coming right to you. Wow. Um, our thanks to Jason for sitting in today on the morning huddle. No fingers necessary. Uh, Rob Thompson scheduled to be back in uh, in the chair tomorrow. Uh, we were off yesterday, obviously, but we're back. We're going to be with you the rest of the week. Spurs getting back in action on Thursday. We are very excited to see how they continue to excite us or disappoint us. Who knows? Uh, thanks so much, everybody. We hope your day goes well. You got Jim Rome coming up, and before you know it, Jason and Joe will be here with the Blicks. Thanks to Pledge for keeping us on the air. We love you all. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.